Welcome, guys and ghouls, to a very spookshell episode of the Fire-Breathing Kittens podcast. Prepare yourself for an adventure full of heebie-jeebies, horror, and a third thing beginning with H. I am your guide through this episode, your dungeon master, or should the need arise, your crypt keeper. But pray tell, which unfortunate souls will be travelling along the road to their own destruction tonight? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm hoping I don't have my soul destroyed, but uh, he, uh, we'll see what we'll find out. Uh, my name is Skirmish Killington. I'm a level 17 uh, barbarian path of the wild magic. Let's see, I'm about 7 foot 7, uh, green eyes... Uh, my skin is like a light bluish grey, and I've got uh, what look like tattoos all over my body, but really they're just markings. It's the way I was born. Uh, I've got a nice crisp pair of pants, as usual. Uh, no shirt, no shoes, but I'm ready for action. I do have a nice backpack with a, a lot of fun things for my enemies, and uh, I don't know, very excited to see what, where we go. Hi, uh, I'm Stella. So I am a half dragon, half elf as well, but we don't need to go into that. And uh, I am a sorcerer, uh, also warlock now. And I've been described as hauntingly beautiful because I have um, long white hair and, and bangs and like silver horns and big silver wings. And also, like, my eyes used to be all blue, but now they're blue with gold stars in them. So that's, that's cool. I'm wearing um, black with, with gold trim and gold, like, butterfly and moth patterns. And with me, I have my companion Lenny. He's just a little halfling, about three feet tall, with brown hair and uh, hazel eyes. And he has a crossbow, which he sometimes uses to shoot me if I, uh, I don't know, get too crazy or something. But yeah, that's me, Stella. I'm... Excited to see what will happen. Uh, my name is Rook. Hello. I am uh, an old old soul and an old person. I am. I got a big white bushy beard, really bushy eyebrows that basically cover my forehead. Um, and um, I have two shields strapped to my arms. One is for defense and the other one is for punching. Uh, it's just for fun. But um, uh, yeah, so I'm a short little rock gnome and... I basically just wear armor and my shields, and I have uh, not much on me as I'm fairly new to this, and uh, except my painting kit. I do have my painting kit. You guys will see me painting on occasion the things around me. And that's that's Rook. So, without any further ado, let us witness these poor souls as they embark upon their final journey into this mortal realm. I mean, let's play some D&D. Now, for everyone's collective sanity, I'm going to switch back to my normal voice now. Because <laughs> I'm not sure anyone is going to enjoy this entire episode with me doing that voice. I already did it once, way back when, when I was voicing a character called Bilbo Bananigans. <laughs> That's great. And that was ridiculous enough, I think. So we'll stick with normal. So this rather unfortunate adventure begins on a dark, rainy night in Albion, 
The three of you are sat in an old, creaky carriage winding its way up an old cobble road on the cliffs of Calcool. Well, um, hello everyone. Uh, I, I think we've, maybe we've met, I don't know, but I'm Brooke and we're in a creepy wagon together. How's everybody feeling about this moment? I'm just happy that it's nighttime because the sun, you know, isn't that great for my skin. Just because it's, it's so pale. So I'm, I'm just happy it's night. I wish it wasn't so rainy, though. But, well, I've, I've got this hat right here. I'm going to wear that to protect my hair. She puts on a witch's hat. <laughs> With specially carved holes for the horns. How does it look, Skirmish? Oh, it's lovely. I think um, if you could accentuate your beauty more, I didn't think it was possible, but you managed to do it. So, fantastic. Oh, Skirmish. <laughs> Uh, uh, hey, Rook, I'm Skirmish. I've seen you around, I think. Um, no, I'm excited to be in this carriage. I normally uh, like being on mountains, cliff sides, things like that, so I feel like I'm at home. I don't mind the rain too much, although I don't I don't want any rain to land in this mug of ale I got. It would water it down, make it not as appealing. You know, you, you want to give proper credit to the people that took the time to brew it and not sully it with uh, water. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I totally I understand, and I think Rook would pull out a, a stein with a sippy cup lid. This is what I do to make sure. Oh, that's brilliant. Where do you get one of those? I made it myself. Ah, all right. Well, I will clink your glass. Clink. I'm going to, like, bring out a flask, and then I'm going to look at it and think twice. I'm just like, hmm. Maybe not yet. And then I'm going to take out uh, a, a bottle of whiskey instead and, and, and do the cheers with you. <laughs> oh, bottle, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just met Stella. Don't worry, you get used to it. <laughs> now, I should probably mention at this point that Albion is quite a long way from Guasso. If you imagine uh, Guasso is effectively like South Africa, Albion is more like northern France. So you've been on this carriage for a really long time. So if you've only taken this moment to start chatting to each other, <laughs> then either you've been having one hell of a nap or one very awkward time. Me, I, I've been having one hell of a nap. I'm half dragon, so I sleep a lot. <laughs> I'm 300 plus years old, so I also <laughs> sleep quite a lot. So maybe that was it. Sorry, skirmish. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. Uh, I... That's when when you both were finally awake, I decided to, you know, go ahead and start the conversation. It's been quite lonely with you asleep, but I know how important sleep is for your mental well-being. So don't mind me. I, I can entertain myself, mostly push-ups or, uh, you know, counting raindrops. So, wait, DM, you said that three of us. Is Lenny here? Uh, Lenny is driving the cart. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> is currently sat outside in the pouring rain <laughs> trying to wrestle this cart along the cliff tops. Sure would be nice if they had a covered uh, driver's uh, compartment. Don't know why they don't make those. It would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. But no. Well, maybe one day. As you travel along this winding cobbled road, a clap of thunder sounds in the distance, and ahead of you on the cliffside trail, you see a tall, imposing manor, and this is your destination. Your fellow guild member, sometimes friend, sometimes weird enemy, Gatsby, has invited you to this old manor house on the edge of a far-off country for reasons best known to himself, and has thus far refused to offer any sort of explanation due to what he calls narrative reasons. 
classic Gatsby. He has instead insisted that he would explain upon your arrival. So you've travelled all this way for someone basically saying, trust me. Wait a minute. Well, how did he get here? I just saw him in the guild hall. Are you trying to tell me he got here a different method, not in the rain? Well, it's funny you should say that because as your carriage pulls up to this large manor house, you do in fact see a much nicer, much less creaky carriage already there. Okay. I mean, if you want to be a wimp about it, I guess you could take something like that, but we're, we're all tough guys and a uh, tough lady, <laughs> right? In retrospect, it was weird that there was only one carriage left available to you. <laughs> and it was the oldest, the creakiest, the soggiest, the worst. See, that one reminds me of like what we have at home. So this one's, this one's better, you know? <laughs> it has character. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think Rook, uh, seeing that we're approaching, would like climb up to where Lenny's at, feeling maybe a little bad, and I'm gonna hold one of my shields up over his head, and one over mine, and and we'll let him dry off a little bit, and that's what I'll use it as an umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're at the end of the voyage. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lenny doesn't say anything to you just yet because he's busy trying to drive in a straight line, but you get the idea that. Um, if you were to speak, it would be in the sense of too little, too late. <laughs> but uh, you pull up to the into the driveway um, and you open the door and hop down. Lenny also hops down with uh, a bit of a grumble. Uh, I'll cast precipitation on him to dry him off. <laughs> Lenny looks... Grateful if miffed. <laughs> I'll give him a firm uh, pat on the back with an attaboy, like, thank you very much for getting us here. Uh, just roll, roll me a quick strength, Jack. Oh, all right. <laughs> you're, you're a very tall boy patting a very small boy on the back. Oh, it's a 15. Yeah, he goes sprawling into the mud. Oh, sorry. Uh, I... I help him up gently, out of the mud, trying not to get mud on my pants. <laughs> you hear quite a lot of grumbling. I shrug my shoulders and it's like, it's okay. Hey, do that thing again with the uh, drying and the cleaning. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just I'll just wait until he's back up because, you know, if, if, if he goes back in the mud, I don't want to have to do it twice. A anyways, she's going to wave her hand and all the mud's going to come off and he's going to be all dry. Also, I'm going to... Squeeze, squeegee off the, the sippy part of my sippy cup with my shirt and I'll be like, here, here Lenny this will make you feel better and I'll hand him some of my ale. Uh, Lenny will take a, a little sip and feel a bit warmer on the inside but at this point two things happen. One another bolt of lightning flashes across the sky directly above you it's really loud and makes everyone jump including the carriage, which rather inconveniently falls apart <laughs> and collapses into a pile of rubble. Oh, there goes our way back. <laughs> Unless we just steal the other carriage. <laughs> Makes you wonder how we held it together this long. <laughs> At least there's a nice carriage right there that maybe we can take back. Yeah, exactly. I think so. I'm sure it was insured anyway, you'd be fine. All right, so I wonder what's waiting for us back at the mansion. You think it's going to be a party? Uh, yeah, 
Uh, I, I know I know Skirmish likes parties. He's he, he's a party guy. But Rook, how about you? You like parties? I think I used to like parties, but it's been quite a few years before since since I've partied. So I I don't know. I'm unsure. We'll see who's there, and maybe I'll just sit in a corner. But I appreciate ale, and I appreciate you people. So it should be fine. That's all that matters. <laughs> well, thanks. We'll sit in your corner. I may well, fall asleep, but, you know, that's just par for the course. Well, the front door is standing ahead of you. A rook is uh, less concerned about things like creepiness and whatnot being so old, so I think you just walk up and, and knock. You knock on the large front door of this old, tall, rickety-looking cliffside manor house, and the door creaks open. Is there is there light inside? There are a couple of candles, uh, like on sconces on the walls. Um, but as you go in, you find this large entrance hall with you know staircase leading up. But as you walk in, um, you see a figure uh, coming out of one side door who calls you over with a a voice you actually know because this is Gatsby, who's arrived before you, long before you. Uh, and he says, ah, welcome, mon ami. Uh, welcome to uh, Ennui Manor. It's uh, great to have you here. I suppose um, oh, you're looking absolutely soaked. How come? Oh, is it raining outside? I never noticed. Oh, no, no, no. This is the new style down in Guasol. Uh, ah. You've probably been here a bit too long. I imagine you got here way before we did. And if you'd like, you should come outside and, you know, live live up to the new fashion. Exactly. I am, um, okay. But you must be absolutely starving. Uh, wouldn't you come in and have a, a bite to eat? Uh, we've got uh, all sorts of uh, local delicacies you can um, tuck into and also quite a lot of um, quite bad food, which I'm sure, Skirmish, you would be a fan of. I, I'm a fan of bad food, as long as it's food. Uh, yeah, where, where's, where's your fancy stuff? <laughs> uh, well, define fancy stuff. I'm not sure. So, something, something like, like this. Uh, she she pulls out some old some old bread from a bakery that she forgot about. That's like has like carvings and stuff in it, and it's just like it was probably like several gold when she bought it, but like now it's very stale. It's like oh yeah, like this. <laughs> ah yes, the, the fancy stale stuff. Yes, <laughs> we've got plenty of that as well. Don't worry. Ooh. Um, I'm I'm sure I can make some things stale for you. We've got some like fresh baguettes right in, but if you would like them stale, then we can make them stale. It's no big deal. I'll go for the fresh stuff. And do you happen to have a nice goose liver pate? Well, I'm sure we've got some some sort of pate hanging around. I'm not sure if it came from a goose. Oh, well, that'll do then. My my tastes have um gotten a little bit fancier thanks to my new girlfriend. Girlfriend. That's right. Yes. Is the food visible to us? Not yet, because you're standing in the entrance hall, and that would require going into a slightly different room. Can we smell it? Like, is it? Is the aroma attracting us? Yeah, you can. You can definitely smell food, but it also intermingles with the general musty smell of the manor as it is. So it's quite a quite a dry kind of. You know how old mm. old buildings smell. Indeed, it smells just like the carriage. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Gatsby, I'm down for food. Can you point us to where it is? Oh, yes, just follow me. It's in the room behind me. I was uh, stuffing my face before you arrived. Uh, so, yes, come in and 
take a seat. Uh, we shall talk. I, I did a little bit promise you to explain why you're here. So I thought this would be a good narrative opportunity to fill you in on the details. Go right ahead. I'll be uh, stuffing my face while you do it. Yeah, we'll, I'll walk in. Yeah. You follow Gatsby into what seems to be more of a kitchen than a dining room. It's kind of, you know, one of those kind of cross ones where it's got like a breakfast bar sort of a thing, but it's also quite old. So an old breakfast bar, if you will. On various tables, there are like stacks of meat and let's say pancakes and a nice cornucopia of bread, let's say, and all sorts of uh, stews and soups and many pastries. There are so many pastries, you could basically fall asleep in them. <laughs> well, I'm I'm going to immediately head towards like a soup or a stew that seems appropriate for the moment and just, just dish up and start... Slurping it down, getting it in my beard. You end up picking like a uh, what tastes like a potato and leek kind of a soup. It's very hearty, if a bit tasteless. It, but it is taste. It does taste good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your aged taste buds, you don't really taste anything anyway. So I'll be like, mm, this this stuff's good, guys. You should get in on it." And I just shovel, like slurp it down. Well, why did you drink from the entire container? I don't know what to eat after you or eat out of your beard. There, there's a whole table. Well, okay, I'll just try the, this different soup, but I'm going to label ladle mine into a bowl, you know, to share. I suppose that would have been more socially acceptable. Well, they have a, a weird conventions up here in Albion. I was reading a book about it. Apparently, you're supposed to be uh, erudite and polite. Were there books in the in the wagon? And Were you reading while we were asleep? Uh, there were. But once I was done, I went ahead and threw them out because it was just weighing the carriage down. I must have thrown about 15 books out of the carriage. You were asleep a long time. Uh, that's the issue, Skirmish. They were load-bearing books. <laughs> well, that explains why the carriage fell apart. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I guess that, that's um, that, that's when the bumping started. That's what woke me up. Uh, yeah, I want to try this soup, too. And then she, she tries it, but then when she blows on it, it literally freezes. Like, she, she takes some and then she just like, oh, this is what happens when I write soup. It's okay. It's frozen soup. And she eats it like ice cream. <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> That's the spookiest thing of all. French onion ice cream. <laughs> I, I can think of worse types of ice cream. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm also going to try the meat. What, what, what kind of meat do you have? <laughs> There will be some, let's say there's some goose hmm. and some gammon and some unidentified meat, uh, <laughs> which is kind of on skewers. Is it hmm. of creature? Like, is it a full creature? Is it just slabs of meat? It's just chunks. This is what you call street meat. It's yeah. you don't ask questions. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try some of that and just be like, hmm, interesting. I've never had this type of, of, of meat before. You guys know what it is? <laughs> oh, he, here's one that isn't frozen. I'll take a bite. Does it uh, taste like chicken? You know you know what? I'm going to make you roll a dice. This is what we're here to do. Uh, roll me a perception check, but with disadvantage due to your <laughs> aged taste buds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to roll. Well, I rolled two threes so i don't really need to look um 
but I do have a good perception. It's a 10? You can successfully identify this as meat. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, can I try? Yeah, go for it. I rolled a 16. Okay, has Stella eaten much um, exotic meat? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> she eats mostly exotic meat. <laughs> okay, so this tastes somewhere in between hippopotamus and dwarf. Dwarf. So... <laughs> I'm glad I'm eating soup. Somewhere in between those two. Ah, interesting. So I took I took one bite and it tasted kind of like hippopotamus. Um, and then another bite and it tasted like dwarf. And don't ask me how I, how I know that. <laughs> it's one of those things where you don't really know how to describe it, but you're like... It's somewhere in between hippopotamus and dwarf, and everyone else looks at you as if to say, I didn't realize there were two points on a scale. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever... Well, I guess I should try it. Yeah, we'll just I'll just keep eating it. It's fine. What could go wrong, right? Uh, I would like to keep looking around the table to see if there's anything more familiar like goat or chicken or, you know, something like that. There's some goose right there. Yeah, there's some goose, and there are probably a couple of pies around the place. Okay, I'll try some goose. You tear off a, a leg and start chomping away. Correct, yes. Well, that's the only way to do it. Yeah, certainly seems like goose. <laughs> Still got the beak and everything. Excellent. <laughs> well, that's how you know. They, they keep the face on there so that then you don't get tricked. I feel like there's like a famous Albion restaurant named Certainly Seems Like Goose. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, it's it's called Je ne sais Goose. <laughs> je ne sais Goose. <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. Oh, wait, this is a fancy place. Do you have any brandy? Why didn't you say so? I've been drinking most of the supplies so far tonight. Well, if you if you'd be so kind, may I have a bit? Ooh. Oh yes, I'm I'm I must say we're running out a little bit, and he just opens up a cupboard, and you see barrels of brandy cognac. All the good spirits are in there. As you can see, our supply is running dangerously low. Oh, indeed. (laughs) When is your next shipment? Well, uh, that's kind of one of the things I I was um, here to discuss with you. As I received a letter not too long ago from the executor of my uncle's estate. Basically, well, actually, I've got the letter here. And he reaches into his jacket and pulls out a letter which he... Un- unfolds. Okay, let me read this to you. Dear Mr. Silvestre, I am writing to you on behalf of G&G Frick, the executors of your late uncle's estate in relation to his last will and testament. Uh, forgive us the possible delay in contacting you. We were given to understand you had gone traveling and our delivery donkey may take some time to catch up with you. It's true. It is our understanding that upon the eve of his death, your uncle wrote a new will to include his gifting of Ennui Manor to you on one stipulation. You must spend one night within the walls of the house during the festival of the moon. I am aware you may find the terms of this bequeathment trivial, but I must insist that you follow the instructions to the letter if you wish to receive your inheritance. Yours, Howard Spectre, G&G Frigt. Wait a minute. Are you trying to say to me that your last name is Silvestri? 
I didn't even know you had a last name. Well, I don't like to use it so much. It makes suing me a lot easier. Mm, true. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, that was a very well-worded uh, last will and testament, though, and Rook pulls out his own that he has written. Um, <laughs> just, you know, just in case. And uh, he takes some notes, I think, on the table. Just, like, updates some, a couple things just to make sure he's ready. Uh, it's S-K-I-R-M-I-S. H. Oh, don't don't worry. I'm already writing that you are getting my sippy cup lid. Don't oh. you? Know? <laughs> you you are a, a a scholar and a gentleman. And then he tucks it back into his jacket. And he's like, any day now. And he taps it <laughs> fondly. <laughs> uh, so we well we just we all have to to stay here. Well, the the lessons stipulated that only I had to stay here uh, during the festival of moon, which is. As it so happens tonight, so it's good you got here when you did. <laughs> Perfect oh. timing. Thanks, Lenny. Perfect timing. Um, but I I thought, you know, why not invite some friends to, you know, come and hang out? Um, I thought it'd be a good time. We could, um, you know, stay in, swap, like, um, scary stories, have some food, have some wine. You know, we'll just make a whole night of it. Yeah, I mean... Oh my god, you got the you got the perfect um, people for that. And if you want to party, I'm your gal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Why do you think I invited you? Usually people invite me to move heavy furniture. <laughs> so if you need that... That's why I invited you. There's okay, quite a yeah, lot yeah. of like, I was curious. wardrobes and things upstairs I'll probably want to move out. This is all very like last century sort of fashion. Excellent. Skirmish, I may be tiny and old, but I too am known to move some furniture, so... I uh, I can help you on that. And uh, I'm going to cut a piece of the questionable meat off and I'm going to put it on a plate and I'm going to hand it to Lenny and say, uh, this one apparently tastes like dwarf. Isn't it? Isn't it here? It's a halfling, I think. Oh, then that's not a problem. That's not cannibalism at all. <laughs> uh, what does Lenny sound like? Uh... Like basically, basically anything. I I don't know if anyone's been using an accent um, for him. <laughs> okay, uh, Lenny will take a, a little bit of the meat off, um, kind of eye it strangely, uh, eat a bit, and then just look at you and say, "Hmm, tastes like hippopotamus to me." <laughs> I would like to exhale in, in relief as he says that. Like, oh, all right, good. Uh, yeah, I, g I guess you remember that time that we had um, hippopotamus. Yeah, that was when we were still at, like, the Argentine estate. Uh, you, you liked it there, didn't you, Lenny? That was the worst night of my life. <laughs> it haunts me still. <laughs> yeah, see, that, that's, that's, why, that's why we didn't stay there for long. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, yeah, it's beat. Like, I, I'm glad that you wanted us to, like, hang out with you and, and party or, and, and stuff, but, like... Do you think there's any other reason why, like, the, the will stipulated to spend one night besides just getting used to the place? My uncle did die under some rather mysterious circumstances, and tonight does just happen to be the anniversary of his death. Oh. So, hmm. So there could be something in that, maybe, maybe not. Maybe the, the solicitors just have, like, a sense of poetry. Who knows? 
How long have you been here? Have you noticed anything while you were here? Or? Oh, I've only been here maybe a few hours. Ah. Yes, the house was all ready for me to hang out in, uh, wait till you got here. Wait, was the food here or did you prepare them? Oh no, the food was already here. Do you really think that I would put in the effort to prepare all this food? No, of course not. It was already here. Where did the fresh food come from? The what? Like the, the there was some fresh bread, I, I noticed. Like bread that wasn't as stale as this thing. <laughs> It's all relative. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess so. You know what? I, I was always told to never look a gift horse in the mouth. And um, actually, I think that's what that food, that meat is. Oh, good. You've got horse. A gift horse. Excellent. That might be a gift horse, yes. <laughs> is it any somewhere between a hippopotamus and dwarf? Yeah, exactly. Yes, that's a gift horse. Well, isn't everything? I mean, those are the ends of the spectrum. I'm going to go ahead and dig in. Oh, yes, you will go enjoy yourself. I th- so I, I think I heard the door. I will be right back. Just give me one second. And Gatsby uh, wanders out of the kitchen slash dining room for a few moments. Well, I'm I'm fine with all of this. How about you guys? This is pretty standard. I'm going to go over to the casks and refill my sippy cup with some cognac, maybe. That sounded good. I, I'm going to go into the, like... um. Like Stella's been like kind of salivating over this the entire time, but she's gonna go into the into the, like the liquor uh, cabinet area. Are there any like fancy loose bottles around there? Even empty ones. <laughs> Stella hoards um, booze bottles <laughs> and booze in general. Yeah, sure. There's um, what they'll do is they will also hoard the really nice bottles and then just bring like the barrels of like cognac and brandy and stuff it and then decant it into the really nice like crystalline bottle so you can find one which is actually let, let's say you um you dig out one which is shaped like a sleeping dragon oh my god <laughs> i want that one so it's kind of like curled around in like a, a conical sort of a shape with the head pointed up with the mouth open which is where the stopper is nice <sighs> Yeah, Stella's just gonna like take it and admire it, and uh, <laughs> and like she's she's so torn because she really wants it. Um, well, yeah, she's she's gonna ask she's gonna ask Gets before it when he when he comes back. But in the meantime, she's just gonna put it in her in her. She's gonna like take out her little black handkerchief, open it, and put it in her portable hole. <laughs> she's like, oh my god, this is gonna be my centerpiece. <laughs> Well, if it helps, you do also see two other like identical ones. Oh boy! <laughs> so you don't need to feel too bad. So that was a very long trip, and I didn't want to be impolite when we first got here, but I really need to find a loo. So I don't know mm-hmm. if this is uh, one of those fancy manners that has it on the inside, or if I need to go back out into the rain. <laughs> but I really need to go. Yes, yeah, skirmish. You remember seeing what looked to be a a toilet just off the main hall just in a slightly different door so if you wanted you could just pop outside yes i will uh give a a polite excuse because i'm trying to be more polite in general it's like uh excuse me i need to freshen up a bit after such a long trip and then i i bow and i make my way to the the toilet you open the door and go back in, into the entrance hall uh, where gatsby is standing by the front door looking a little confused and as you walk in he turns to look at you and like wanders over and he says you know the strangest thing just happened 
Oh yeah? I heard the door go, and I went to go and open it, and there was no one there. But you are right, it was raining quite a lot. Uh, yes, um, that is a mystery. And the whole time I'm dancing, like I'm, I, I really got to go. And it's like, so, do you want to discuss it further? Or shall we... Uh, what, what suits you? Well, I will go back and have another drink. Because <laughs> either I've had too many or I've had not enough. Yeah, it, and there's only one way to find out. You're right about that. I'll join you in just a bit. I really need to check on that door right there. Ah, yes. Uh, you need to take a, a trip to the Whiz Palace. Yes, that is what we call it in my land too. <laughs> Whiz Palace. Well, I will, I will not hold you back. Um, in you go. Mind your head. Uh, thanks. And then I bonk my head because uh, the brandy was very strong. <laughs> Yeah, if, if Gatsby goes to the back to the liquor um, area, he, he'll see like Stella like um, putting stuff in her p- portable hole. And she's like, I wasn't doing anything. Never mind. You got me. I'm sorry. I can't help it. <laughs> oh, no, that's OK. I've, I've probably taken more than I care to admit to. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, are, are we having more drinks or what? Uh, sh- sure. So at this point, Skirmish will come in and say, uh, hey, Gatsby. Your bathroom was broken. I mean, it was t- definitely broken before I got in there, but it's definitely broken now. <laughs> you sure it was skirmish? Uh, no, it totally was. Did you check? You should have told me. But anyway, I went ahead and went, and I feel a lot better. I'm, I'm fairly confident there was more than one toilet in there. Oh, yeah, well, okay. I, um, well, the one that I used was barely working, and now, well, where's the brandy? <laughs> Uh, oh, here's some. <laughs> she yes. points to a barrel. <laughs> Excellent. I pick up the barrel and I just start going to town. <laughs> You're going to have to use the ba- bathroom again with, at that rate. You should slow down just a tiny bit. Oh, I will. Ap- I appreciate your wisdom. Oh, aged one. I will. I will do so. Well, while we're here and while we've got plenty of brandy, I've told you why I brought you here. Who would like to share a scary story? Ooh, do we have a, a fire around which we could tell such stories? That's the way to do it. I've got, I've got a fantastic idea. I, um, I can do quite a lot of fire things. I could just set fire to this pumpkin here. Ooh. Ooh, very nice. So we have a fire. Let me go turn everything else off. And one by one, all the other candles in the room. Uh, are extinguished, only leaving this flaming pumpkin. It's a good thing we showed up when it was so stormy. That really adds to the ambience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can still hear the thunderclaps in, in, in the background and with the fire. Ooh, I like this. I think at about that time you guys hear like a cupboard like creak closed and then like back open when you look over and it's just Rook and he's like testing the hinges of the alcohol cupboard. <laughs> Doyle, just to <laughs> Something to think about uh, if you get this house. Um, anyway, oh, did, weren't you a home inspector back in the day, Rook? Mm, yes, uh, that was uh, that was my first uh, foray in retirement. Uh, it was quite boring, but gotta appreciate good construction, I suppose. Sort Aye. of just wiggle a table leg furiously. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually going to add the atmosphere. I'm going to cast Minor Illusion, and I'm going to be like doing illusioning some uh, some like smoke that takes like spooky shapes around the around the pumpkin fire. 
So who, who would like to share a scary story? I'm sure you've all got one like repressed from childhood that you heard is a small nipper and uh, were too scared by it that you ran off and broke the toilet like Skirmish did. It was, it was broken when I got there, <laughs> just for clarification. But uh, just to change subject, I'll go ahead and tell you a story. I don't know how scary it is, but I remember hearing it when I was little. So back in my village, we, we you live on a mountain, and story that there was this fable or myth, I don't legend perhaps, of a man named Mafaldi, and he was from our village. And he was uh, when I heard the story, I was about eleven, and in as the story begins, he's an eleven-year-old boy, very bright, very curious, uh, just wanted to learn about the world around him. But one day he disappears. And nobody knows where he goes. And uh, everybody's concerned. A month passes, two months. People start to just think he's dead. And it's very sad, but uh, it's a reality. It's very harsh in where, where I live. But four months after he disappears, he comes back. And he doesn't look very different, but the look in his eyes is, you can tell he's been through some things. And the, the, the gentle boy that once was is no longer, and he's totally focused on studying and training and hardening his body and his mind. And uh, he actually, uh, legend says, is the one who created the first defense force of my village at Hirins. And uh, he's very successful. Like he is singularly focused and uh, we enjoy more safety. So it's very nice, but as it turns out, he's not just defending our village. He's going out and attacking others just relentlessly and without mercy, just destroying whole towns, women, children, animals. And um, turns out he's looking for something called the Bloodstone. Uh, it's legendary and it's supposed to make him invulnerable. And he stops at nothing to try to get it. Uh, one day he's sleeping with one of his many consorts and the consort learns that her whole family was slaughtered by by Mafaldi and so as he sleeps she uh she kills him by hammering a spike into his head he dies pool of blood in the bed and uh those sheets uh get infused with his spirit and as it turns out um his ghost starts appearing all over town not in the town, because it's protected by this lady whose name is lost to history, unfortunately. But every once in a while, you'll see him looking, uh, reading a book or practicing fighting. Um, the worst of it was, though, is little children that would, that would go out alone. They would get recruited by this ghost of Mafaldi to join his army to look for the stone because he believes still to this day, that if he is able to find the stone, he can come back and live forever. Um, and the children that disappear, mind you, I was 11 when I heard this story the first time. I was one of those children that went out and I did see the ghost and I ran. And um, those that weren't so lucky would be found weeks later with, with an M, the letter M inscribed in their forehead, carved jaggedly with a knife and uh yeah mafaldi's still out there and he's still kidnapping children and 
nobody's safe, nobody knows how to stop him. But uh, from then on, nobody ever went out alone and only went out in groups. And whenever the ghost was seen, we ran because there's no stopping him. Ooh. Ooh. That was... That was quite spooky. <laughs> yeah. And you said that you saw the ghost. And just for clarification, did it make you forget all about the broken toilet? <laughs> no. Ah. Oh. Yes, I did see the ghost. Or what seemed to be a ghost. He was reading a book under a tree. Hmm. What do you look like? I'm curious. Uh, ethereal. I haven't seen too many ghosts. Uh, he was not completely opaque. You could kind of see through him. It was it was dusk. It could have been a play of light. I don't I don't really know, but there there was a a spookiness about him. Like the the air around him, if I could describe it, was darker than the rest of the the world. Like it was kind of bright, but around this guy, it was dark. And you could kind of see through him, and there was just a an eerie silence. The birds stopped chirping, and the animals stopped chittering, and it just it didn't sit right with me at all. Whoa, that's scary. Well, that was terrifying. Um, uh, I suppose I could go next if if you guys want to hear one another one. Oh yes, please do, please do, and I will take another quaff of. Whatever the hell this is. Well, um, once I was, uh, back when I was an adventurer, like now, but when I was younger, I, I, um, I found myself in a creepy town, and I suppose it was maybe kind of like on a night like this, but um, uh, I had responded to a hero board call, whatever you call them, and um, and we had showed up because apparently there was a lich in the town raising the dead. And um, when I showed up, there was a, a an, an old friend of mine who was there too, responding to the same call, and so we decided to team up and uh, and and figure out what was going on with this, this lich, and um, we talked with the townsfolk, and they told us that they kept seeing these lifelike undead roaming the town at night and no one could figure out what was going on and we went out to this this house on the edge of town and I suppose it's kind of like this one and uh, and uh, the mist rolled out from the house and um, and as we approached the gate creaked open on its own and it was it was quite scary and and we went up and and we're looking for this lich because apparently, he had a book. He could raise the dead. We were figuring we could just get the book and keep him from doing that. It seemed like an easy thing. And um, my friend uh, foolishly decided that ringing the doorbell would be a good idea. And so he went up and he pulled the cord and rang the doorbell. And the floor just dropped out from underneath us. And we fell down, down, down into this pit. And when we landed in the pit I quickly lit my lantern and I raised it up and there were faces all around us creepy undead faces staring at us in the darkness but they wouldn't move and then I switched my light around to the other side and the shadows danced and they they were all just staring at us eyes wide and then my friend noticed in the corner there was there was one of them standing holding a book and inside the book was all sorts of diagrams for bringing things back from the dead and and um, my friend decided that he would just he would just go take the book it was so easy 
It would be simple. We could be done, and then we could figure out how to leave. And he, he grabbed the book, and as he grabbed it, a hand reached out and grabbed him on the arm. And he was so frightened that he clutched his heart, and he fell over, and he had a heart attack, and he died. And that's when all of the lights came on, and it turns out that it was just like a spooky shop. Um, and the guy was just trying to make like a themed sort of thing. He was very nice, and it was a, it was a huge mistake. Unfortunately, though, my friend did die and so that was apparently sad. But we had a nice memorial in the in the basement of this spooky shop, and then the, the guy let me out. But, um, but yeah, it was spooky. It was very spooky at the time. I was terrified. Yeah. I, I raise a glass to your friend and say, to Rook's friend. <laughs> yes. And I take a swallow. To Rook's friend. I've had many go <laughs> over the years. And, yeah, that's why I don't ring uh, random doorbells. Without having, without having my trusty <laughs> flask next to me. Oh yes. So since we're sharing spooky stories, I might as well. I might as well tell one as well. So once upon a time, there were two sisters. They were twins, identical in every aspect. Their names were Matilda and Griselda. Now. Matilda was the one who would always get all the luck. She would get um, she would get the best grades. People would favor her. Griselda was always kind of just the one who got the rest, you know. Um, so one day, Griselda just decided that she had enough, and she decided to murder Matilda. And uh, she made it look like an accident. She had been planning it for quite some time. They were walking along a cliff, you know, playing as girls usually do. And, well, you know, Matilda happened to slip and fell down the cliff. And, well, Griselda was like, that, that's going to solve my problem. So she went back and told everyone what happened. Except when she went back, they thought that she was Matilda. They called her Matilda. And she was like, wait, no, actually, I'm... then she decided to go along with it, see what happened. So she just became Matilda. She began to get all of the um, all of the good things. She uh, she graduated her school with the top marks and everything like that. But there was always something missing, something extra. She would always see right next to her, right next to like whoever was praising her. She would see Matilda's face. Um, it was always um, in the shadows, always lurking somewhere. So, um, but she didn't, didn't think much of it because she had such a good life. She became rich. She got everything she wanted. One day, she even married a man, a, a rich, a, a noble, and she was poised to inherit his estate and everything like that. But the night that they got married, something happened that would forever change Griselda's life. That night, it turns out that he had died. He had fallen off a balcony. So when he, came, when he came back, when they were going to fulfill their marital duties, it wasn't him that came, that, that she saw. After everything had happened, she saw her sister's face. And she went and jumped off the balcony. <laughs> and they say that you can always hear her yelling, I am Matilda, whenever you go back there. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> yes, it was a story that I, that I had learned about a long time ago. I don't remember who told it to me. Yeah, I, I don't remember. 
You know, I, I knew a set of twin ladies once, and that tracks. <laughs> well, what about you, Gatsby? Do you have a story for us? I think I could uh, cook one up, yes. So, this particular story is relevant to the house we are currently in. <laughs> so, it was 13 years to go tonight since my uncle Nicholas died under mysterious circumstances. See, all, all this information comes from the local villagers because no one who was in the house at the time is alive to tell the tale on account of Uncle Nicholas being the only person who lived in the house at the time. <laughs> but it still reigns true. So, around 13 years ago, uh, Uncle Nicholas, for no apparent reason, uh, apparently started uh, hearing voices around the house, whispers where there was no one there, and music, uh, despite the fact that um, he had fired his violin player only the summer before. Now, we just put this down to age or just mishearing things, but uh, he started to insist, apparently, that there were people in the house, people that he could not see, people that only he could hear, because he had people that inspect, people such as yourself, Rook, who would uh, come in and inspect the house, and they told him nothing was wrong, despite the fact that he swore he could hear rustling uh, from behind walls or whispering around the nape of his neck, but still nothing. Until one night, this story comes from uh, the gardener, who happened to be around the area at around now, actually, it was uh, about to hit midnight. What the gardener was doing at midnight, I do not know. <laughs> Probably just waking up in the bush, we have a lot of booze. <laughs> but the gardener swears he heard shouting around this time. And uh, Gatsby looks at uh, a pocket watch. I was looking at my my own wrist and I was like, do they have watches in this world? Who knows? <laughs> pocket watches? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Gatsby looks at his pocket watch and goes, all right about now. And as he says right about now, you hear from the uh, main hall a large clock start gonging. Right about now, he heard a blood-curdling scream from inside the house. So he he ran away. He ran down to the village to go and get help. But once they got back, there was no sign of Uncle Nicholas. No sign of the struggle. Just nothing. Hmm. That's creepy. Yes, it's very creepy indeed. <laughs> yeah, well, what a mystery. Well, the question I have is, how did you manage to synchronize your pocket watch with that large clock? That was incredible. I've been working on it all, like, for the last couple of hours. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Well, there's a, there's a reason we do all this pageantry stuff, is just to make a make a nice dramatic impression. Narrative reasons. Yes, narrative reasons. Obviously, you get to talk. <laughs> yeah, I, under, I understand. Whatever you do, it's good to add a bit of drama, a bit of flair. Uh, just as you say that, Stella, um, <laughs> from seemingly out of nowhere comes a strong gust of wind, which it completely extinguishes the burning pumpkin, leaving you all in darkness. Well, I'm just going to cast light on my staff, and it's going to glow really bright, and you can see like the outline of like the, the, the carvings and stuff, like the dragon's wings on the walls. Your staff lights up, and in front of you, the entire room looks remarkably different to how it used to look. Ooh. So the walls, where before they were 
nice and a clean kind of off-white sort of a color. Now they look a very kind of grungy sort of a brown. There seems to be some sort of liquid almost seeping from the walls. In front of you on the tables where once was, you know, a feast of lovely pies and soups and unidentified meats, (laughs) there are just rotten carcasses lying before you. The, The pumpkin is now green. The goose is full of maggots on the inside. The unidentified meat is exactly the same. (laughs) (laughs) The scariest part of all. And um, the bit of bread skirmish that you're about to tuck into suddenly is full of flies. (laughs) I I, I start spitting out uh, repeatedly. Like so. Which you, which you do when flies get close to your mouth. Uh, I'm glad I ate when I did. Yeah. I pick up a piece of the mystery meat and I'm, this is, wow, this is impressive. Uh, <laughs> preserves, I'm not sure, but um, mm, interesting. Everything else seems to have become rotten. <laughs> Wait a minute. And then I go to the barrel of brandy and I take, I take a nip. Uh, does it taste even finer? Like, has it aged even more? Uh, no, it in fact tastes like vinegar. Oh my god. Oh, then I spit it out and kind of rub my teeth because it it, it doesn't feel very good. (laughs) How about the fancy bottles that were there? The fancy bottles are now intricately shaped intestines. Ooh, oh, interesting. Still going to take one? (laughs) I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're into it, then feel free. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of gross. (laughs) What's in there? Uh, let's see. She's going to take a swig of it. Of <laughs> intestine. <laughs> That's where poop lives. Uh, yes, yeah, Stella, just roll me a quick constitution saving throw. What's my constitution save modifier? Let's see. It's a plus 12. Oh, my God. Natural 20 plus 12 for 32. <laughs> okay. Um, whatever it is, you're cool with it. All right. You can't quite place the taste. I, you get the feeling that um, maybe due, just due to your natural dr- draconic heritage, <laughs> that whatever it is, you're just cool with it. Like You get the feeling that if anyone else drank it, it would be doing some serious damage. But to you, nah, that's good. Mm, this, is, this is pretty good, actually. Like Who knew that, so- <laughs> that something would come from something shaped like intestines would be so tasty? You guys, you guys want to try? <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> Well, I mean, eh, sure, I'll try. Okay. <laughs> I hold up a cup for you to pour a little intestine juice in. I, I, I get to pour it. What? What? How does it look like? What color is it? Mm. It's very brown, <laughs> but not like a good sort of brown. It's very goopy, <laughs> and there are bits floating in it. Mm. Well, I'll you know, bottoms up, and I'll. <laughs> I'll toss one back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, constitution saving throw from you as well. Uh, an 11. <laughs> what, what's the best way of saying this? Um, Rook is now poisoned. Oh, my God. And also, I imagine you'd throw up. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, I'm, I have... Something against poison. I have advantage against poison? How's it? Is that damage or is that... Is that... Let's find it. 
Is that the condition? I think that would be poison damage, but we'll worry about that later. <laughs> all right. I puke all over the floor in the meantime. So I watch Rook uh, puke all over the floor, and <laughs> I think to myself, you know, it it's not that much worse than it already is with all this nastiness in the food. That's remarkable. Uh, I, I mean, I, I guess I do have a bit of a tolerance. After all, I, I did once drink a god, so... <laughs> Well, we've all drunk a god, you know, it's a... Tale as old as time. Yeah, I mean, like, I've got to tavern now. We do a Thursday god drinking. It happens all the time. Ooh, okay. I'd, I'd like to go. I need to get out more, apparently. The, the world has changed. <laughs> all right, I turn to Gatsby and say, uh, Hey, I appreciate the, the ambiance you're trying to create. Your story was... You know, fantastically creepy, and then this really amplifies it. I so, know. can you bring the food back? The, I mean, the the good food, not the maggoty one. <laughs> well, you 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 said the issue with that is that all this, and he gestures towards all the rotten food, the seeping walls, the puke on the floor. <laughs> uh, that wasn't me. Well, I know where where the puke yeah. came from. That was Rook, <laughs> but the other stuff, you you cannot change it. No, that that was not me. That was not planned. I'm as surprised as you are. Hmm. You've been here for a few hours and this hasn't happened before? Not even once. Hmm. Uh, I, I want to get an insight check on um, on, on, on Gatsby. Like, wh- wh- what is his emotional state? Is he, like, surprised? Is he a little bit scared? Is he just, like, cool with it? Is he pulling our leg? I want to try to roll insight on him. Yeah, go for it. Uh, did not roll very well. That's, like, a seven. Yeah. <laughs> the most you can gauge of his emotional state is tipsy. Tipsy. Just like, I, I think that he's still pulling her leg. And it's, it wouldn't be the first time. Let's just, <laughs> let's just leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just like, good one, Gatsby. So not like, when does, the, when does this party start? This was not me. Okay. Sure. Do you really Thanks. think, <laughs> do you really think I would sacrifice a load of booze like that? No. Hmm. I know Gatsby. That's true. Uh, can I like? Is there a? Is there only one way in and one way out of this room, or are there two doors? There was a door you came through, and there will be yeah. Let's 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 say there will be another door at the far end, which probably goes into like which would normally go into like a pantry or something, you know, where you will keep all the food. That's kind of what I was wondering. Can I go open that door and see if there's if there's uh, if other food basically, and if it's also yeah. rotten? Yeah. So so you go over to where it, it just the sign on the door just says pantry. I'd say. Uh, You open the door and in front of you it's not quite what you expect. Instead of a pantry filled with food, you see a long corridor heading off into the distance. Hey guys, um, this pantry's a tunnel. Mm. If you know, if you know what I mean. It's not, there's a, there's a corridor. We could, it's not a pantry. Is it, is it, um, as rotten? Yeah, the decor, as I would describe it, would be organic. <laughs> I would like to take a, a piece of bread from the table that's all fly-infested, and I will throw it down said corridor. Mm, smart. You, yeah, you throw it down said corridor. It bounces a few times on the floor and then just seems to dissipate into the carpet. Mm. Into the carpet. <laughs> well, I don't want to... I think we should not touch that carpet. <laughs> if we... I mean... Looks like it was digested, perhaps. I don't know. I don't want to be digested. 
Let's see. Does seem logical. Can I go grab a cask of the vinegar <laughs> booze? Yeah. And okay, so I'm gonna heft that over there, and I want to uncork it, and I want to pour it onto said carpet without stepping into it. But I, I want to just, I want to see what happens as I'm like shaking the vinegar booze out onto the carpet. Yeah, you, you pour out the vinegar onto the carpet, and it does see also seem to just absorb mm. uh, into the carpet mm. itself. I want to try something, uh, I say in character. So then Stella's going to take, I don't know, another random, like a gross piece of food with her mage hand. She's going to cast mage hand. And I'm going to cast light on, on the on the piece of food. Uh, so then the light goes, I think it's concentration, so I can't have two things at once. I'm going to double check that. But either way, the light goes um, onto the piece of, of uh, bread. And she's going to, with her mage hand, like, just like reach, like go to the carpet, try to touch it with the, with the bread of the mage hand, and what happens? Does it keep on going? It would touch the carpet, so there would be a, a, a definite like solid okay. point. But you start to feel through the magic a kind of a suctiony sort of a mm. force going downwards. Hmm. I would like to. Uh, that just reminded me. I have a property where I where I could. Uh, it's a sort of detect magic, magic awareness. And I would like to open my awareness to the presence of concentrated magic. And then I can know what magic exists and the, the, the school of magic it is. And I'm going to go ahead and do that by the, the corridor. Okay, so you let off your, let's call it a radar yeah. of magic. You don't get so much of, uh, you know, occasional blip of magical energy that you do. The entire area is very magical and if I were to categorize the magic, I would say icky. <laughs> Do I sense the same icky magic coming from the uh, dining room? It's within 30 feet I can detect. Yeah, yeah, you get an icky sense everywhere. Uh, hey, guys, uh, there's icky magic all around us, just so you know. Hmm, not surprising. I'm not a magic user. Is that one of the schools of magic, or is that... Um... <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it's a formal school. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, when you go to school and you should be learning your math, but instead you're smoking in the boys' room yeah, or, or girls' I've, room. I've done that before. That, ah, yes. That's Youth. this kind of magic. That's this subject. Oh. I see. I see. All right. I haven't done that before then. Mm -mm. Um, <laughs> okay. So, like, first of all, I, I can't cast the spell more than once and have it on two objects. So then the spell on the light on the staff goes out does the does the light on the piece of bread go out like I, i'm gonna keep on like i feel the suction i'm gonna like let it does it does it take my hand through the carpet that's what i'm trying to see i think it would take the bread and leave the your mage hand okay Ooh, i've got an idea i like uh breaking stuff <laughs> so i've got an alchemy jug and uh, one of the things I can do with the alchemy jug is get uh, poison. So I'm going to get, I think it's about half an ounce of poison, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, half an ounce of poison. I'm going to put that at the tip of one of my javelins. And then I'm going to throw the javelin in the corridor right into the carpet. So it just sticks, boom, right into the carpet with the poison tip in the carpet. What do I see that happens? So you launch your javelin uh, covered in poison as it sticks into the carpet you hear sort of an unearthly sort of a scream coming from everywhere and nowhere and the carpet itself seems to ripple in not quite sadness not quite anger more like a oh no sort of a i think you made the carpet mad 
I imagine it's like a tummy. This is just a giant tummy and it's eating stuff we throw down it and I just made the tummy upset with the poison. Hmm. Funny you should say that, actually, Skirmish, because from the far end of the corridor you see rushing towards you is what appears to be some kind of mm, tidal wave. Okay, does this, does this corridor have a door on it? Um, the one you're standing by, yes. I would like to calmly uh, say, excuse me, uh, Stella and Rook, would you mind stepping toward the dining room? Uh, and I yeah. will close the door and then kind of kind of uh, brace myself, I guess, for the impending vomit uh, tidal wave that's coming my way. Yeah, oh. I, I, I will um, also like get out of the door, I guess. <laughs> I'll get down low beneath Skirmish, because I'm so short, and I will also brace the door. Okay, uh, Skirmish, give me a an athletics check, but with advantage because you're getting help. Oh, fantastic. I got a 30. All right. You hold this door as you can hear, like, oncoming from you is like a, a great sloshing wave of ick and bile and all sorts of nasty stuff coming towards you. You feel it kind of, like, slam up against the door. It almost pushes you over, but you manage to keep leaning against it. You see at the edges of the door, you do see a little bit of nasty stuff like just creep its way through and you you hear a sizzling kind of a, a sound. You smell like burning wood as if that liquid is eating its way through the wood. But for the time being, you do seem to be not dissolved. Hmm. Um, Rook, what kind of uh, wood is this on this door? It's quite... A secure door. <laughs> I'm surprised it handled this so well. I'll rub it with a finger and then taste it. Can I make an investigation check to know what kind of wood it is? Oh, you're going for the wood. <laughs> okay, not the... Not the bile. Not, not the, not, I'm not sure the I bile. get a little bit okay. of that too, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, he asked okay. me about the wood. I'm not worried about the bile. Yeah, um, actually, do me two rolls. Make one investigation <laughs> check and one constitution and saving throw. Okay. Well, the investigation was good. That was a uh, 19 uh, constitution saving throw. Is a 14? Okay, so it would have... I mean, you're already poisoned. <laughs> I am uh, indeed. Uh, well, we'll say you, you take... Um, let's, let's say five points of acid okay. damage because you do end up getting a little bit of the bile on your fingertip. Mm. But you could tell that it's a mahogany door mm. frame. It's been fairly well made. A sturdy mahogany skirmish, and um, and it's it, it it burns me as well. But I think that's separate. If you'd like, we don't. I don't think we have to keep pushing on this door. We can leave and go to a different room, perhaps upstairs. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same. But that's that's interesting. It's like the thing threw up. Do you think is this house alive? I won't rule it out, but it does seem. Strange. Uh, I, I would like to investigate as we I go back from the pantry area to the banquet room. Uh -huh. uh, the seeping on the walls. I'd like to look at the liquid that is coming out. Is it a consistency of like blood or sweat or uh, maple syrup <laughs> or what exactly is it? Something definitely along those lines. It is quite mm. viscous. Looks like we've got a classic sweaty, bloody, syrupy 
wall situation and I'm not familiar with what to do there. So, um, Gatsby, did you, is, is there some kind of insurance payment that you didn't pay and now this is a consequence? I mean, it's entirely possible, but, um, you know, there's a whole lot of spooky things going on. It's, you know, the anniversary and all that, and not to mention it's the Festival of the Moon, which is, you know, our traditional kind of a spooky vibe, kind of a, mm. an evening. Hmm. So, you know, they, they say it's when the uh, the walls between worlds is thinnest. It could have something to do with that, or maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's just an insurance thing. And we have to make it all the way until morning and it's midnight? Is that what we're we're on right now? Yes, well, that was the, the original <laughs> plan. I mean, we were going to have a great time as well. It's really depressing. I'd, I'd book, like, kind of games and everything, and I had an all whole morning planned. <laughs> But no, I guess we've got to go digging through this this mush instead. Ah. Well, I don't mind a, a game of cribbage first, you know, to take our mind off of the vomit that almost en- engulfed us. Well, that stuff's like in the parlor, so it's entirely different. Yeah, we, we can we can make a drinking game out of it. So, oh yeah, why don't we go to the another room? Like the why don't we go to the parlor? Well, that sounds good to me. Are you doing okay, Rook? Oh yeah, I, th- I thought you were talking about my vomit that almost engulfed you, but no, you're the the big one. Yeah, no, that's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I stayed clear of your vomit. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if a drinking game is appropriate since all the booze is now mm. te- it's ruined. Uh, well, I've I've got some in my um in, in my stash. She's gonna pull out a bottle of whiskey. Uh, one for each of you. <laughs> oh, I've got some bad news, Stella. <laughs> oh yeah. That ain't whiskey no is more. Is it vinegar? <sighs> It's worse than that. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I stole this from my dad. This was good stuff. Okay, we, we, we got to find out what's causing this. And like, uh, I don't know. If, uh, if, if, it's, if it's alive, then, then kill it, because this is not acceptable. She pours it out and, pull, and puts it well, in. Maybe, like, don't pour it out. If it's just a curse, maybe it'll turn, turn back. Maybe. Yeah, maybe once we kill that thing, it's going to be cursed. Stella, I, I will just let you know, it is now very cheap white wine. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the spooky stories were over. <laughs> <laughs> she just, like, she tries to take a, 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 a swig and then just spits it out. It's just like, what is this? <laughs> and then she just, like, uh, she's she um, she had pouring one out before, before Skirmish told her not to. And then she's like, eh, maybe you're right. I'm just going to mark this one. And she's going to, like, draw an X on it. And, and and then put it back in her, in her like portable hole, and just be like, all right, now let's find what's what's causing what's causing this thing. <laughs> See, poison, fine. Cheap white wine, no. Exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to have standards. That's true. <laughs> all right, we head out. I'll, I'll lead the way. Okay. Um, do we have any more light? Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, she's going to like cast light on the on the staff again and just like and just like tap it on the ground. Well, thanks. There you go. Uh, I would be right with you. I think I just need to tie my my bootlaces. Oh. And Gatsby just kneels down for a bit. I will I will I will catch you up. Do not worry about me. S- Stella, I I'm getting a little bit Got overwhelmed. The ears, and then one goes over. <laughs> Well, let's 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 wait up and make sure that he's all right tying his shoe because you know. No, no, it's okay. Don't worry about me at all. If we if we're gonna stick around this rotten mess in this house, would you 
could you change? I know you do your magic and can change smells and whatnot. Can you make it smell like flowers or, you know, something nice? Hmm. Uh, I'll try. And then she starts casting presentation on the area around her. Does that do anything? What sort of um, fragrance would you like to try and go uh, I'm for? I'm going to go for... Uh, hmm. <laughs> Stella's favorite smell, the smell of good whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say if, if you try and make the smell of good whiskey... Mm-hmm. You make the smell of cheap white wine. Oh my god. Oh no. Uh, okay, I, I'm gonna try You've something. made it worse. I'm gonna try something a bit more like mainstream, I guess. Roses? <laughs> what does those smell like? Roses will turn out to be... <laughs> wet dog. Wet dog. Ah. <laughs> oh, wet dog. Okay, this is messing with my magic too. Uh, I'm gonna try like um, making like enchanting a piece of clothing on on me does it make it smell bad or is it like i i tried the area around me but like if it's on me then what happens uh what smell are you gonna go for i'm going to go for uh <laughs> i'm gonna go for uh oh my god what what smell can't i go wrong with oh pine oh, let's try pine oh, pine very good bad news you now smell like skirmish <laughs> Ah, that's much better, Stella. Thank you very much. This is great. What is that smell? That's delightful. What do you mean? It's, it smells like a day of hard work. Like a good, satisfying day. Ah, thank you, Stella. I, I'm going to make, I, I'm going to cast that spell on, on, on Skirmish and make him smell like pine. And then I'm going to make, ooh, what if I try uh, dog poop on me? <laughs> is it going to be the opposite? <laughs> You know what? Yeah. <laughs> Is it good? I'm gonna smell nice. Yeah, you aim for dog poo. You smell like uh, lavender. Oh, this is this is pretty nice. <laughs> and I'm gonna make uh, Rook smell like uh, smell like corpse. Hmm. <laughs> okay. You you aim for corpse. You end up with apple. Mm. Nice. <laughs> This smell great. great. Yeah, this is we all we all three do. So it's like the opposite of, of what you're trying to do. Oh, this is interesting. Mm. I, I'm gonna test something out, and I'm gonna cast Ray of Frost just like at the wall, at a random wall. See what happens. Fire burst out of your mm. uh, staff, and it doesn't quite set uh, the curtains on fire because they're far too goopy for that sort of thing. So the the fire is quenched fairly soon. But you do start to smell some burning nasty organic smells I, I i make it i make it smell like what i smell so it's the opposite <laughs> and i'm just like oh so this does like if you do magic this does the exact opposite because i mean you, you know me by, by now skirmish i i do mostly ice stuff i tried to cast an ice spell and it turned into fire well that's cool it's pretty cool um are, are you still tying your shoe gatsby i know you've got two of them Oh, yes. Well, I mean, it's very complicated. It's very fashionable, in what? fact, to have laces, like, everywhere. But, yes, I think I'm just about to done. I guess those shoes do go all the way up to your hip, so that's quite a lot of laces you got they to get They do, through. yes. It's uh, These are actually the short versions. The long ones go, like, all over your body. <laughs> I can't even imagine how many, how long that would take. Thanks forever. So are we still in the kitchen? I will nose my way out of the regular door. And take a peek. 
Rook, you nose your way out of the regular door. And what you see beyond it, you can't quite believe. And that's where we're going to have our break. <laughs> Whoa, cliffhanger. What could be? Whoa. Could be? Oh, man. Whoa. All right. Thanks for listening to this first half of a particularly spooky, quite icky, in retrospect, episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. We'll be back in just a few short moments. Go and make yourself a drink or, I don't know, take your headphones off and sniff the air. Revel if it doesn't smell like vomit or feces or anything nasty. If it smells fresh, just be glad. It doesn't happen to all of us, especially not our adventurers. So we will be back for the second half in just a moment. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. This episode's shout out is from J.M. Rodriguez 1, who says, quote, Fire Breathing Kittens is my favorite D&D podcast. Keep up the fun adventures. You make the roads less long. End quote. Aw, thank you. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. Is their birthday coming up? A special day? We can wish them a happy message on your behalf. You can arrange for us to read your shout out on air at firebreathingkittenspodcast.com through our partnership with the website Buy Me a Coffee. Do you enjoy reading books? You can find ebooks, paperbacks, hardcover novels, and audiobooks based on our adventures on Amazon.com. The authors do a great job of adapting the stories into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on Redbubble.com. Imagine owning a notebook with the Fire Breathing Kittens logo on the front, or a t-shirt with one of your favorite characters. Lastly, we don't pay to advertise our show, so the only way we can grow is if you tell someone about us. Is there an episode that would make that person smile? Tell them about it. Thank you. Welcome back to this spooktacular episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. It has gotten rather grim, has it not? Uh, if you were listening from underneath your sofa cushions for the first half and didn't quite hear properly, that's entirely understandable. But our uh, adventurers of Skirmish, Stella and Rook arrived at Onwee Manor, a cliffside manor on the coast of Albion, which is about to be gifted to their friend Gatsby, who has been given the house on the proviso that he spends a night there during the spookiest night of the calendar. So what's happened so far is we've had some spooky storytelling, we've had some rather nasty catering uh, going on, and we've also had a corridor that's tried to throw up on them. But the last time we saw them was Rook nosing his way through a door. So what does Rook see? Let's find out. Rook, you nose your way through the door, and in front of you lies the entrance hall, much as you saw it beforehand, apart from the view outside. For as you look around, you see where there was once a door uh, leading to the outside world. There is no door. Ooh, it's just plain oozing wall, your standard stuff. But also, uh, through the windows, you see where it was previously raining now it's just red 
like but i can still can i see through the window or is it just you can see you can see through the window but outside appears to be kind of a red kind of void hey um kind of area hey guys uh I, i suppose this probably isn't too much of a surprise but it doesn't look the same as it did before you guys want to Come take a peek, and I'll and I'll open the door and make room for everybody. Uh, sure. Yeah, I, I'm gonna come in too and take a look out the window. Looking out of the window, you see what can only be described as a waterfall of blood cascading down. But the thing is, the waterfall isn't above you. No, the house appears to be at the top of a waterfall, a waterfall that completely encircles. The house. So if you imagine you're effectively just on a big old plateau and there's just a waterfall of blood cascading down into nothingness. Whoa. That's that's pretty cool. Is the goop for lack of a better term, that's covering the door like moving, or is it just sludge on the wall again? Well, th- there is no door at all. Oh. It's just, it's just gone. It's it's just wall covered in goo. Oh, you know, okay. your standard stuff. So Skirmish will look at the goo out the window and on the walls and he will nervously start looking at the bathroom that he destroyed earlier <laughs> because if everything's changing, I'm really afraid of what that's going to become. While we're here, actually, Skirmish, um, give me a perception check. Actually, all of you give me perception checks. All right. Woo-hoo. I got a 12. 13 for me. I got a 21. Okay, well, we'll start off with um, Skirmish. You hear a faint wailing from the bathroom area. It's up to you whether you want to try and investigate it, but I think you know what you'll find behind it, and you may also decide that it's best left undisturbed. I uh, <laughs> I casually, um, just with, uh, very nonchalantly, walk over to the door and close it gently just like oh somebody needs their privacy and i just close it Mm. (laughs) meanwhile stella on the top of the stairs you just catch a faint glimpse you can't quite be sure but you think you see what looks to be a ghostly form leaving the room up to the left Mm. and rook actually Stella and Skirmish, would you mind taking your headphones off? Okay. No problem. (laughs) Rook, from the nape of your neck, you hear a whispering noise. As you turn around, you can't quite put your finger on where it's coming from. But off to the side, um, you do seem to see a door that, if you concentrated your elderly ears towards... (laughs) You, you would hear the whispering start to get louder and louder. Does it, is it voices or is it just like incoherent? It's somewhere in between. So it starts off as incoherent, but the more you concentrate, you feel as if you understand the voices, but it's just slightly out of reach mm. and is, as to what they actually mean. And is this door in relation to where we've been or is this a whole uh, new... No, th- this door is, say it's on the opposite side of the... Okay. The entrance hall to the to like the kitchen dining room area. And while we're here, give me a wisdom saving throw. Uh, that would be a nine. This door presents a really enticing mm. target for you, 
you are suddenly overcome with the urge to investigate what's behind this door. Okay. I would like to sprint over to it then, and I have my shields. Can I... Would you think it would be strong enough of a desire to get into this door quickly that I should try to, like, bash it open? Or am I, like, I'm still in my right mind a little bit? You're still in your right mind a little bit. It's more of an overwhelming curiosity. Okay. Well, then I'll just kind of, I'll jog over and I'll I'll, uh, I'll crack it open. Yeah. Uh, Then we'll we'll bring the other two in. All right. Skirmish and Stella, um, you've both seen slash heard your own thing but then your companion rook seems to be taken by some strange idea and starts running over to what seems to you two to be a portrait of some like general on a battlefield with a horse hey hey rook where are you going (laughs) wait do you guys you you don't hear that where there's there's this door here i just want to open it and uh and i there's something i can hear on the other side, I'm just, I just want to take a quick peek. Okay, well, um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm always here to lend a hand when it comes to opening doors. <laughs> and so I pull out my hammer. Can you point to where the door is? It's it's right in front of you. It's right here. And I'm uh, looking at this this painting, I suppose, that is there as far as they're concerned. All right, I shrug and I, I, I whack it with my hammer as, as hard <laughs> as I can. Two things happen <laughs> at this instant. As you uh, swing your hammer towards this painting, two large ghostly hands leap out of the painting. One of them grabs the hammer and holds it firm. The other grabs Rook. <laughs> it's almost as if the general in the painting, his hands have flown out of the canvas. One of them stopped your hammer skirmish. The other one is grabbing Rook and trying to drag him into the painting. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> I will ask Stella for help. Hey, uh, Stella, would you mind helping this out? Uh, yeah, I am going to, I'm trying to see what, what I can, what I can do here. Cause I, I feel like I can do, I can do something, but, uh, boy, um, I'm just going to, uh, am I, I like to imagine you can correct me if I'm wrong, that I'm, like, lifted off the ground at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've been, like, grabbed, like, bodily around the waist, <laughs> and you're being, like, lifted uh, above the ground and, like, pulled Ugh. towards the, uh, the surface of the painting. Hmm. Well, what I will do, I don't want to lose my hammer, so I always <laughs> keep one hand on it, but with my other hand, I'll reach into my pack because I know exactly where everything is. Uh, I'll take out my rope of entanglement, and I'll hold one end and say, freeze. And the other end will reach out and grab Rook and just tie him up. And I've got one hand on my hammer, one hand on the rope. And I'm trying to pull both of them away from the hands. I, I know what I'm going to do, but I, I'll let you describe what, what happens. Because there is something I, I know what to do. Okay, skirmish. Give me a quick, uh, let's go for a strength saving throw. This sounds like a... All right, I got to 25. Okay, you keep hold of both the rope and the hammer. The hammer comes loose, but you do start to hear kind of a ripping noise coming from your robe. Uh, yeah, so uh, what I would like to do is I would like to use my staff to cast Wall of Force right where the wall is. 
Um, so like, yeah, an invisible wall force springs into existence at a point you choose within range. The wall appears in any orientation you choose as a horizontal or vertical barrier or at an angle. Uh, so you can form into flat surface made up of 10, 10 by 10 foot panels. So yeah, I'll, I'll just cast like wall of force on the entire wall, I guess, like as much as I can, cause it's 10, 10 by 10 panels. And uh, if a wall cuts through a creature's space when it appears, the creature is pushed to one side of the wall. Your choice, which, which side? Nothing can physically pass through the wall. It's immune to all damage. It can't be dispelled by dispel magic. The wall also extends into the ethereal plane, blocking ethereal travel through the walls. So I would like the ghost thing, whatever arms, to remain on the other side of the, of the wall of force and, um, and Rook to remain on, on our side of the, of the wall. Nice. <laughs> That that would be a great solution in the regular world. Oh boy. You get your wall, certainly. But it's a wall of knives <gasps> now. <laughs> oh no. Uh, ouch. That's pretty cool. I didn't know you could do that. So, oh boy, what, what what happens then? Yes, please tell me. <laughs> Imagine if you will. A load of uh, magical knives spring into existence about half an inch from Rook's eyes. He is being held in place by two opposing forces, one of them being skirmish in his rope of entanglement, the other one being this portrait ghost kind of a thing. A proper pull from skirmish would free him. A proper pull the other way would rip the would rip the robe and send Rook flying through a cloud of daggers into the painting. Quite the conundrum we're in here, guys. <laughs> as soon as I see, well, number one, if they let go of the hammer, that's fine. I drop it, and as soon as I see the knives, I grab the rope with both hands and yank as hard as I can. All right. For clarification, DM, it says that the rope has an AC of twenty. Okay, so let's say that will be your DC then, for Rook's Eternal Soul. <laughs> uh, roll me an... Yeah, let's call it an athletics check. I think while he's about to do this, Rook just, you know, has one hand free and he reaches in and pulls out his will and testament <laughs> and just clutches it lovingly to his heart as a just-in-case. I got a, a 30 for athletics. 38? No, just 30 Flat thirty. Oh, I've just, I've just a thirty. <laughs> just a just thirty. A 30. Just, nothing. Just thirty. Exorbitant. No, 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 nothing, nothing too major. <laughs> just thirty. With an enormous effort, you put your entire weight into pulling back on this rope, and with a not quite a squelching noise, but with a maybe a cracking sort of a noise, Rook flies back into your arms and the arms on the portrait kind of like zoom back. And you could swear that the general in the picture looks quite angry with you. I, I take my little will and testament and I tuck it back in and I say, well, not today, but uh, all right. And I'll stand back yeah. up and gather my shields. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, um, I'm gonna stop that wall of knives spell and just be like, I paid a lot of money for this stuff. Like I think near 30,000, if it's a scam, I'm gonna go and, and break it over whoever's head that sold it to me. Well, I mean, Stella, you did, you did, your magic does seem to be a little wonky right now. It might be the house. Oh, you're right. The staff might be fine. I, I almost forget. I, I always think that like someone's trying to scam me, so. 
that's a, a cautious way to live, <laughs> I suppose. As far as um, the general look on the painting looking angry, as soon as I have Rook in my arms, I, I ensure he's okay, and he, he looks like he's fine, just a little tangled up in the rope. Take the rope off of him, but then I stand up proper, and then I point at the painting, and I'm unsure if it's just the influence of the brandy from earlier. I just start laughing my arse off, like, ha, 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 right at the painting, pointing. And then I, I point at Rook, like, oh, yeah, he's still here. Look at that, look at that. And then I, ha, 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 right back at the painting. Uh, your, your laugh echoes throughout the entrance hall and from somewhere far beyond you swear you could hear something else laughing back at you are, are they laughing at me or with me that's very uh, important at, at, at me at me oh come on okay we, we gotta find whatever is doing this what whatever is um changing making things opposite and also laughing at skirmish like that's that, that's not okay and if it's you she's gonna point to the the, the general well, one painting is gonna get gonna get ruined. That's for sure, or more. You have you have a family of paintings. <laughs> <laughs> Can I? I want to throw something at the painting. Oh yeah, be my guest. Okay, I'm looking at what I got real quick. I have a pot. I have an iron pot. It's ten pounds. I would like to pull that out of my pack and I go. Take this, and I throw it as hard as I can at the painting, right at the general's face. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, you, for want of a better word, yeet the pot over. <laughs> so it hits the uh, the portrait, and it actually knocks it off the wall, mm. um, and it, it lands face down with a with a thunk. Is there anything behind the portrait, or just more goop? There's more goop. Mm. I would like to pick up the painting and take it to the pantry before you pick it up my suggestion would be to pick it up and face it away from you yeah good idea oh, i don't want you to get grabbed well then what i will do is okay it's face down on the floor i'm going to step on the back of the painting <laughs> and then like if you were on a skateboard or a <laughs> plank of wood just kind of goes slide 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 all the way to the pantry while it's face down so i'm scratching it all over this nasty floor and then, and then, I open the pantry door just a peek to see if all that bile is going to come out. And if it's still there, I hop off the painting into the banquet hall as the reflux covers the painting. Yeah, we'll go for that second one. That sounds more fun. <laughs> wow, you really, you really don't like people laughing at you. <laughs> well, I assume it's an opposite house, you know, with the ice and the fire, so... <laughs> They were laughing at me, but they probably meant to laugh with me. So I'm not going to take it personally. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, I, I should tell you guys, I, I saw I saw like this ghost figure at the at the top of the staircase. Yeah, just putting that out there. There, there might be more ghosts. I saw a door. Saw a door? And a voice wanted me... Well, it wasn't a voice. It was noises. It was whispers, and, and it made me very curious about that painting and, and, and what was there, but it was just a painting, I guess. I don't I don't know if the door is still there. Rook, the, the whispering has stopped, and ah. as you rub your eyes, you can see that the door is no more. Ah, okay. Well, maybe the house is um, 
alive like we talked about it at, I'm not sure. Yeah. Where? What's Gatsby doing? <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happened. Oh, yeah, and where's money? Um, while we're speaking oh, yeah. of, of that. <laughs> where are they indeed? Oh. Who knows? Because as you look around, neither Gatsby nor Lenny are anywhere to be found. Oh, oh boy. I didn't mean to rhyme that, by the way. It just happened. <laughs> they did say they were going to go to the parlor. So we could go there. Is that upstairs? Or uh, I guess Gatsby's not here to tell us. Could look around. Yeah, let's, let's look around. I'm curious what's upstairs. Stella, you're from a fancy house, right? Do you understand fancy house layout? Uh, generally, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wonderful. I live in a shack. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I'm curious to see what's upstairs. We haven't been there yet. So up the stairs we go. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just like fly up the stairs because I got wings. Oh, yeah, oh. why not? If you had wings, why would you not? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, why would you not? She, she's not, not more athletic. She has a strength score of eight. If, if she if she has the choice to not take stairs, she'll take it. <laughs> well, I will pick back up my iron pot and stow it in my bag and follow. <laughs> I will also pick up my hammer and uh, take the traditional path up the stairs. Okay, um, Stella flies. Uh, the other two walk um the stairs leading upwards are very wide they creak as you put your weight on them nothing particularly strange happens because we need to get things moving (laughs) the stairs make their way up to like a halfway point and then they split one going left one going right Uh, stella you remember the ghost you saw previously uh went up to the left Uh, which, as you look, there does seem to be one door just ajar. And if you peek in that gap, you can see what seems to be maybe a table covered in velt. Hmm. Okay, and do I see anything on the stairs to the right, out of curiosity? On the stairs to the right, you see what you think might be some sort of library. Hmm. You don't really know for sure. Like, libraries are for nerds. Yeah, exactly. So I'm just going to be like, okay, there is a library that seems kind of boring. Libraries are, <laughs> as they say for nerds, the, the ghost went over there, and I feel like telling them off. You guys want to go where the, where the ghost went? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just follow you. Yeah. I'll back you All up. All right, I'm going to go to the um, left. <laughs> Can I touch the felt table? Yes, you can. You uh, just like rub my hand on it, just out of yeah, like home inspection curiosity. <laughs> yes, uh, you yeah, you wander into the well. This is the parlor. Oh, okay. the table in question is about twelve feet long, oh. about six feet wide. It's covered in felt, and there are pockets oh. at each corner. Is it a pool table? Mm. Well, who could possibly say? <laughs> I could. It's a snooker table. Oh, wow. That's a bit big for a snooker table. I mean, <laughs> dimensionally. Dimensionally, that's accurate to a snooker table. Oh, well, I guess you play it different in uh, Albion. That's fine. In the center of the, the room, so just off to the side of this table, you all see a ghostly figure, not looking at you at all, but when you walk in, it recites some words, and the words are thus... Do you hear them? The whispers? They they come at night. I ask them to leave me alone, but they only laugh. You you hear them too, don't you? No. I 
think I must be going mad. And the figure fades into nothingness. And we all heard that? You all hear yeah. that. Okay. Well, I don't know if it's the same, but I I almost heard the whispers with the painting downstairs. I wonder if that's what it's talking about. It's nighttime and skirmish. You said you heard someone laughing at you, right? So, hmm. uh, Laughing with me, oh, I sorry. Right. Opposite will assume. House. Opposite but house. yeah, no, I mean, we're all this close to madness, so I understand <laughs> what this ghost is talking about. It's yeah. not, not a problem. <laughs> you just got to roll with it frankly and this guy looks a little uptight so just be cool and uh maybe we could play a game of snooker maybe he'll come back maybe he'll play with us maybe we'll win some money i'm not traditionally a gambling type but you know we're gonna spend the night in this creepy house we might as well have a little Ooh. fun i was looking forward to the sleepover and i i have yet to have fun yeah you <laughs> you you got me at gambling let's let's do it but yeah, we're we're friends. Like it's always better to have more people to party with. Lenny, Gatsby, she's gonna like call out. You receive no response. Ah, uh, they're not here. Mm. Oh, we should keep on looking for them so we can play a a, a big round of um of, of snooker or poker. Because I'm really good at poker. I, I won millions of soul coins. <laughs> so I got Lenny actually. Really? Yeah. Are there balls on the table? Yes, there are. Is it set up? Uh, yes. I would like to break the, yeah, do that. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I would like to roll the ball into the other balls. Yes. How would you like to do it? Gently, gently. gently. A okay. soft tap. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because uh, we're, <laughs> as you uh, tap the balls like against each other, skirmish, you feel a fairly light tap on the back of your head. Ah. Hey, uh, I have a theory. Do that again with the balls. Not so hard, though. Just very gently. Okay. I'll, I'll do it one more time, and I roll the ball into it. Tap. There it goes again, skirmish. The back of your head gets a... Okay, to confirm, <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask you to do it one more time, but a bit harder, just to make sure. Okay. Don't worry, it'll be funny. All right. Um, I will take out my portable ram that I have. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. And I will give him a whack. Because oh that's the only item I bought besides normal stuff. <laughs> Skirmish goes flying across the room. <laughs> Crashing onto a, a drinks table and taking, uh, let's call it 15 points of damage. <laughs> Was it fun? <laughs> You're right. Yes, absolutely. So, by the way, don't do that anymore. Okay. Uh, I think the balls are us. Um, or that one you kept hitting is me, at least. Uh, in fact, can you hand me that ball? I'd like to, to pocket it in my pocket. I'll clamber, I'll clamber up onto the table and walk over and, and grab said ball and pick it up. Cool. I'll, I'll dust myself off from the, the drink debris. <laughs> yeah, you, you feel a bit shaky on your feet, skirmish. Naturally, you've just right. been thrown across the room. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you hand me that ball, uh, Rook? I'll very softly hand it to him. I won't mm. toss it. I'll go ahead and put it gently in my pack. 
You drop it in your backpack and you feel like a weird kind of like drop. Nice. I, I, I shiver a little bit. My shoulders kind of go back and forth. And I go, oh, yeah. Hey, these are us. Hmm. Um, find out which yeah, one which, is you. Which one is each of us? Let's see. So how many? I guess I'll just, yeah. I was gonna, I'll just start tapping each one a little bit at a time. Yeah, through the power of <laughs> deduction, you you eventually manage to find a ball that more or less hurts when you tap on it. <laughs> <laughs> I I'll be like, well, Stella, this one's yours, and and here's mine, and I sure hope our other two friends have balls, and they don't. <laughs> They didn't feel that, but um, I guess we'll leave them here for now. I'm not sure. Or maybe we should take them with with us to make sure that no one else comes in here and plays uh, snooker with them. How many are there, hmm. by the way? Uh, let's see. Standard snooker, you'd end up with 15 reds, yellow, green, brown, blue, pink, black, and a white one. So that... About twenty. I, I'm just gonna like um, put them into my into my portable hole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll find out the ramifications of that later. I, I, I put them in there very gently. I make sure I go into the portable hole myself and set them like in a nice cozy place. You know where the uh, the bags for the fancy like the really fancy Captain Morgan brandy is? Like in one of those. I put them in one of those oh. bags <laughs> so that they're safe. <laughs> Okay. I will keep mine my own though, and I will also place it into my bag. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll keep mine on my person as well. So that was weird. <laughs> Absolutely. That's great that uh, Gatsby had a table made just for us, representing us through uh, balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where to next, friends? Is there more to the parlor? Let's see. There'll be, yeah, there's a snooker table, drinks table. Uh, a sofa with some very comfortable-looking chairs. Well, ordinary, they would look uh, quite comfortable. Here, they seem to be covered in what you can only assume is various skins. And <laughs> if you got closer to them, they also appear to be made of bone and filled with maybe a, a bit of bit of muscle, a bit of blood. You know, if you could imagine, let's say one of Skirmish's relatives has just been killed and made into a chair without much sewing going on. Oh my god. Those are the worst chairs I've ever seen. I was going to say Well, hold on now. They're not that unattractive. What are you trying to say? I mean, they're all twisted and like all like uh, bloody and like skin and bones and ish. Okay, yeah, there's that they're only going to be so attractive, but I mean, there is a passing resemblance to my sister, and I'm not saying I want to go out with my sister, <laughs> but it's, she's not unattractive, you know? Like, this chair is nice. I wouldn't sit on it. That's a little too close for comfort, <laughs> frankly. But the chair is nice. Come on. Well, I, I guess that part of that, pa- like that pattern on that specific part of it's okay. If you if you ignore the rest of it. Oh, here. So she's going to cast minor illusion on it and make it like patterned and look more like a normal armchair. That's better. Uh, <laughs> do you remember what magic does around here? Oh, right. I, I forgot. In another character, Stella would 100% do that. She's not very smart. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just prepping. <laughs> The armchair now looks exactly like Skirmish's sister. <laughs> oh, is, is that how your sister looks like? Oh. <laughs> not, not quite in that position, 
that looks very uncomfortable. Um, is that you, Avalanche? No response. Just like her. Um, yeah, just giving me the silent treatment. Look, I okay, I'll just apologize. I'm sorry for whatever it was I did. Can we just be civil about this? And, and then I make the ma- magic disappear. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. That was very uncomfortable. Uh, I forgot that it does that. Oh, boy. Um, well, are there is there anywhere else we can go? Like any... I, I'm going to look around for some doors. Uh, give me a perception check. All right. Perception. Oh, good roll. It'll be 26. Would the other two mind taking their headphones off? <laughs> sure. Okay, Stella. Oh, boy. Do you like music? Yeah, generally. I, I do like music. Oh, that's good, because from what appears to be behind you, you hear a tinkling kind of a music, which seems to be coming from a door you seemingly hadn't noticed before. Mm, what kind of music is it? So it's like a tinkling it's, music. It's a tinkling kind of a almost nursery rhyme-like music. Hmm. So it's the music you used to hear when you were a child, but slightly off key. Hmm, this, this brings me back to my to, to my to my childhood, back to when I was a baby, and I was just like. Oh, wait, I, I know this song. This is nice. Yeah, she's, she's going to say that out loud. Oh, look, guys, there, there's a door here and there's some nice music playing from it. We should definitely investigate. What do you hear? You, you don't hear the music? It's, it's, it's like from a nursery rhyme. It's, it's coming from that door over there. I, I think we should go in. Is there a door? Uh, there is, actually. It's, um, you, neither of you seem to have noticed before, but certainly enough. There is now a door there. You see it, right, Skirmish? Because we did this once before and there was ghost hands, so... Yeah, I see the door. Okay. I didn't hear the music, though. Me neither. Uh, Stella, would you mind holding my hand? I mean, I know you're taken. I'm, I'm not trying <clears throat> to put the moves on you. But just for safety. Ah, uh, yes. I, I'm sure I'm sure May wouldn't mind. And then, uh, just like, yeah, let's, let's go and check it out. <laughs> she seems to have gotten a little bit brighter. And cheerier, somehow. And then she's going to, like, skip to the door. <laughs> As they skip away, I do want to poke the weird flesh cushion just uh, just once. I just, just out of sheer curiosity. What are you poking it with? Just my finger. Okay. <laughs> it feels as if you're poking a rubber glove filled with maple syrup. That checks out. All right, I'll go on. <laughs> Uh, Stella, you lead the other two through this door. You, for some reason, can hear music through. It mm-hmm. leads into what appears to be a study. There is a desk in the middle of the room. Surrounding the walls are taxidermied animal heads, which all appear to be staring directly at you as you enter the room. It's not creepy at all. <laughs> you try and convince yourself. <laughs> it, like looks around and says... <gasps> Sterling, come here. There's some playmates for us. <laughs> she thinks Skirmish is, is Sterling for a second. Oh, okay. I turn to Rook and say, Sterling is her brother. I don't know what she's talking about. Okay, I was going to ask. All right. Stella, are you... um, what What's uh, what's going on in there? And I, I point up at her head. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I don't know. It's just, it, these things look fun. See, they're watching us. She's going to like skip over to one and, and like reach out and try to pet it. <laughs> Wait, which animal would you like to go for? 
I'll give you free choice. Okay, uh, I'll go for, um, let's say that there's like a white tiger. I'm going to go for that one. Ooh, a cat. <laughs> okay, yeah, the white tiger, as you reach your hand towards it to kind of like brush its its nose, the white tiger bites down on your hand, <laughs> snarling and trying to tear your hand off. No biting. Bad kitty. She's going to like hit it on the on the top of its head with her other hand. <laughs> I will, uh, since I'm right there, I will grab the mouth of the tiger and try to separate its jaws. That sounds sensible. Um, let's, call that an, <laughs> let's call that another athletics check. I know you're getting a lot of these today, Skirmish. I, w- I will <laughs> promise to make you do like an intelligence saving throw at some point. No, pro- no I prefer the athletic save, uh, checks. It's fine. I got to 29. <laughs> okay, you pry the jaws of this uh, tiger open, um, releasing Stella's hand. Uh, you pull it back, Stella, and there are two kind of bloody furrows. So we'll take maybe 10 points of piercing damage off you for that. Ouch! That's one bad kitty. She's going to like rub the, the marks on, on, on her hand. <laughs> well, we're back with you, Stella, actually. Um, <laughs> you've pulled your hand back and the music is still continuing in one of your ears. And as you look over towards the desk, you do see an ornate looking music box just resting on top of uh, the desk. Okay, I'm going to say, oh uh, yeah. This is our music box. Come, come, Sterling. <laughs> and she's going to go toward it. I can tell she's referring to me at this point. <laughs> and when she mentions the uh, music box, which is highly suspect because she's not <laughs> all there, I will quickly run to grab the music box. And is there a window in this room? Yeah, let's, let's say there's a nice, like, impressive-looking kind of, like, domed window, which looks out into oblivion. Okay, so uh, that's a beautiful window. I hate to destroy it, but I will hurl the music box right through the window. Okay, Stella, how do you react to that? You see Skirmish running over, grabbing the music box, and what looks to you to be attempting to throw it out of the window. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna like um, run up to him and be like, "No, no, I, I want that." She's gonna like grab onto it and, and try to like wrest it out of her, out of his um, hands, and like fly backward, kind of. <laughs> it's uh, for your own good. Why are you always telling me what to do? What's, what's, what's with that? No, I want it. <laughs> she's gonna like try to yank it back. I would say, how would you prefer? I've got uh, a stuffed giraffe. It's very nice. Would you like that instead? It's beautiful. A giraffe? Ooh. Yeah, I got it from the... Remember when we went to the zoo a long time ago? The zoo? Oh, sorry, you were with your friends, not your brother. Remember <laughs> when you went to the zoo and you helped those koalas? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the koalas. This is a stuffed <laughs> giraffe from the zoo. Why don't you have this instead? Okay. <laughs> and then while I hand her the giraffe and distracting her, you see, and being sneaky... <laughs> And then I toss the music box out the window. Uh, Stella, you hear a smash as the music box goes flying out of the window. And slowly but surely, the music does fade from your mind. As if you stood and watched it, you would see the music box just plummet into nothingness as it followed the waterfall of blood down into depths unknown. Mm. Yes, and Stella's going to like kind of come back to her senses at that. And she's like... Ooh, I'm holding a, a stuffed giraffe. Oh, is this from the was this from the zoo? 
Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, sorry. Do you mind if I have that back? It means a lot to me. Yeah, sure. It's very soft, though. She's she's gonna pet it a few more times and then give it back to him. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> so with and I explained to Rook and Stella, it's like, look, <laughs> there was this painting. It was wild. Rook wanted to be a part of it. We had to stop it. And then Stella wanted this music box. We had to put a stop to that. I can only imagine I'm next. So whatever happens, just get rid of what I'm trying to get to. Hmm. And let's, where, where is Gatsby? It yeah. doesn't take that long to tie a, a hip length boot. Yeah, let's keep on looking for them. Man, yeah, that, that music box just like reminded me of my childhood, I guess. So what else is around here? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna look around. See if I see any doors or anything like that. Uh, you just have the door that leads back into the the parlor. Okay. I would like to take one of the taxidermied heads, uh, the tiger perhaps, that was biting on Stella. <laughs> I'll just take it with me. You never know when that'll come in handy. Stella hisses at the tiger. <laughs> but I'll point it away from me. I'm not... The, the, face, <laughs> the face isn't pointing to me. I'm pointing it out. <laughs> okay, so you like string it up like over your back, like a backpack. Well, more like uh, on my front, like a like a, a tiger uh, amulet, like a giant head <laughs> on my chest. You know All what right, I mean? Yeah, sounds fun. It makes me look virile. <laughs> you know, like a man. Stella hisses at it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it hiss back, or like is the is, is the magic gone? Uh, yeah, the, the magic <laughs> seems to be gone for it. Hmm. That you can tell. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I like Gatsby. He's a great guy. But I don't like this house at all. And so I'm kind of for smashing the house. <laughs> but Gatsby seems litigious. So what do you think? Hmm. I mean, if, uh, if, if my magic works differently, I can do really powerful ice magic. We can also light it on fire after we smash it. <laughs> we can just burn this place down. Even though... Even though the, the fire didn't seem to, like, I don't know, it was it was too wet. <laughs> like, it didn't really stick. It didn't start burning anything. Just made it smell bad. I think we need to find the source of magic of this place. Yeah. I'm sure there's something that's messing it all up. Yeah, let's, let's, keep, on, let's keep on looking. I guess we could go back out into the parlor. Or... Mm -hmm. Back to the parlor. Mm -hmm. You open the door to the parlor, but what lies beyond it is not the parlor. You find yourself in a very cold atmosphere. So you open the door and a rush of cold air flies over you. The temperature drops and you find yourself in a stone room with a large item uh, standing up on the floor. It's about seven feet tall, covered in a cloth. And once again, you see this ghostly figure um, pacing up and down in front of it. How big is this room? Well, let's call it around, like, cellar-sized. Mm. Okay. Because that's what it is. Oh. And in various corners you see casks of what you can only assume used to be wine and beer, but now who knows what's in them. <laughs> Maybe cheap wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, like, run for the, the ghost figure in from earlier and just say... Hey, hey you. Um, I, I want to ask you something. So, who here is um, who here is like making this magic stuff? Could you please like take us to them or like 
you know, that would be great. You would just be doing us a solid and we could do something for you in return, maybe. You don't get any direct response. (sighs) Ghosted again. (laughs) But pacing the ghost does say just out loud, it has to be this. This is the only thing I can think of. Or the, the, the whispers screaming. It all started when I bought this damned, damned thing. I think, I, 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 I think I found a way to destroy it. It will bring whatever, whatever cursed creature is causing this. It will bring it into the light and then we can kill it. And then it fades. Hmm. Well, I'm curious what's under that uh, that cover, so I would like to walk up to it and yank it off. Rather cinematically, Skirmis, you remove the uh, cloth from this very tall object, and before you, you see a very tall, ornate mirror. Okay. Um, I'd like to examine the mirror. All right. I just have this great image of Skirmish with that <laughs> taxidermy thing still on your chest in the reflection. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yes investigating the mirror skirmish I'm not going to require a, a role from you because it is fairly obvious when you look into the mirror what you see is very different to what you see around you so whereas in the room you're in while the barrels are still like over in the corner they are covered in you know some like black goo the walls behind you are leaking some unnamed fluid and there do appear to be several hornet's nests in various corners of the room. The less said about those, the better. But within the mirror, you see what appears to be just a regular old cellar. Mm. Um, you see the, the barrels stacked up as they should be quite neatly. You see a distinct lack of hornet's nests. And you see no goo whatsoever. So I would like to uh, drag my hand from top to bottom of the mirror to see if it's like a solid glass piece like I would expect, or if somehow my hand can go through it. You drag your hand along the surface of the mirror, and while your hand doesn't go through it, you do feel something strange about the surface. What it is, though, you can't quite put your finger on. What's what's going on, Skirmish? Hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm going to kind of like look past him. Yeah. Even though I literally have my fingers on this mirror... I kind of put my finger on what's wrong with it. There's something magical about it. Look in the mirror. It's not all goopy and gross and icky. This might be the reality we're looking in, and we're in an illusion or something like that. Mm. Um, A mirrored world. I would like to uh, use my magical awareness again and see if the, the mirror is different than the rest of the room. You extend your magical awareness again, and you feel that while the mirror itself feels very similar to a lot of the other goopy horror stuff around you, you also feel like a sliver of regular world in that. I will communicate that to uh, my teammates. Oh, interesting. Well, I know my magic is going to probably do something weird, but I'm going to try it anyways. I wonder if I try to do something on the other side. And I'm going to try to cast Minor Illusion. I'm going to yeah. try to, like, illusion a fire or something. Okay, so you try and illusion a fire around mm-hmm. around there. Right in front of you, you end up illusioning a snowman. 
like right in front of where where I am in the room. Yeah, right in front of you. Uh, whereas in the mirror, you can see a fire puffing out of nowhere. Huh. So like this is definitely our reflections in the normal world. I would like to take out the uh, the snooker ball <laughs> in my bag Ooh. carefully and show it to the mirror and see what I see. You would see a an orb of unknown magical power that seems to be swirling with some sort of uh, energy. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have an idea. I'm going to take out mine and I'm going to do something that might be really stupid. Oh, good. But I'm going to try this. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just like uh, throw it at the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to take it out and say, hmm, I wonder what happens if like if the mirror version touches this one and just like yeet it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just to check which which ball are you throwing cuz you've got the one that's you and also quite a lot of unnamed balls. Oh no, I, I kept the one that was on me like on on me physically kind of and then the other ones are in the in the portable hole. So like the one that's me. Oh, all right. so yeah. so you're throwing okay, yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm, th- I'm throwing myself at the mirror. <laughs> Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's a good idea, but... <laughs> you you throw your ball at the mirror. In it, you see your own self throwing this orb of weird flowy kind of magic at the mirror at the same time. And where they touch, you do see a crack appear in the mirror. But equally, you find your own self flying through the air. <laughs> As a reaction... I would like to try to intercept the real Stella and, like, jump through the air, catch her, and then tumble okay, to yeah. prevent her from running into the mirror since I'm right there. Yeah, um, yeah. go and make me a... Let's make it an acrobatics role, because okay. you, you're trying to be quick and dexterous with this. Right. Not as great. A 13. 13. Okay. Let's say instead of catching her, more like you... <laughs> barrel right into her and while you don't cause any additional damage you do both end up in that big pile of barrels covered in goo (laughs) oh my god so stella you don't know what's worse being covered in goo or covered in cheap white wine oh yeah that's no definitely could be covered in cheap white wine (laughs) Um, yeah did i take any damage from that uh no i'll go over and help them up (laughs) maybe wipe some goo off oh boy did that do anything? Well, I mean, yeah, you flew across the room, but um, I don't think it did what we wanted it to do. Well, there is a, a definite crack in the mirror. Oh, that's true. That's true. Hmm. If, if I go run my finger on the crack, do I feel a similar to what Skirmish felt? Since there's a crack now, you do feel like there's a force contained within the mirror so it's almost like there's a you know when there's a gap between the door and the frame and you feel like a breeze coming mm. through it's like that but spooky well that's <laughs> spooky okay well hey guys um the the crack seems to have caused something and i'll keep like putting my hand up in front of it there's there's a force there's there's something that's that's coming through i don't know if that's good or bad but it's there, so. Well, th- thank you, Skirmish, for like catching me. 
I do appreciate that. That, that there's, there's a crack there now? Interesting. Well, yeah, there's a crack. You threw a snooker <laughs> ball at a mirror. I mean... Oh. Oh, and sorry. Hmm? Do you mind cleaning my pants? They're covered in goo. And I know you're good at uh, making stuff nice and neat. Oh, okay. I, I'm going to try the regular way where I, where I like uh, <laughs> where I clean it first. And I'm going to see, hmm, does cleaning work? I mean, cleaning, it's kind of like making it clean, you know? You're trying to clean his uh, trousers. Whereas previously, what would have happened is he gets covered in something even worse. <laughs> As you do so, the mirror seems to shine with a certain light. Let's say it shines kind of a, a reddish hue, whereas the crack itself glows blue. Mm. Once again, I didn't mean to rhyme. So instead of it going worse, what ends up happening is about half of Skirmish's trousers gets cleaned. The other half catch fire. Catch fire? <laughs> <gasps> oh no! I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna cast a flame spell. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. Actually, do I have a flame spell? I don't have a flame spell. I have fireball. I'm not gonna do that. Um, I'm going to jump back into the goo. <laughs> I'll just roll roll around in the goo to try to get the fire out. Well, this particular uh, yeah, okay, this particular goo was covered in alcohol, so. I cast shape water. I, I, I'm gonna take out my decanter of endless water and cast shape water to make it go on, on skirmish. It's a decanter of water. Okay, yeah. So <laughs> the, the water which you previously had brought into through magical means, that's fair enough, uh, remains as water as it <laughs> flies on top of skirmish, putting the fire out and really ruining his afternoon. It's all right. Better than being on fire, I suppose. Exactly. Better than being burned. Don't worry, team. The family jewels are still intact. <laughs> Everything is fine. So I guess if we do magic stuff, the mirror does stuff to it. Yeah. What else could we try? We could break the mirror all the way. We could yeah. take a chunk out. Yeah, that's true. Whoa, what if I cast like a lightning thing at it? A lightning thing? Yeah. I, I can make a big line of lightning. Like That's what the staff is supposed to do. Yeah, I think Gatsby will thank us later. <laughs> well, I guess... Yeah, it's just a mirror. <laughs> it's just a mirror. Seems maybe slightly untrue, but I'm all for it. <laughs> hey, if, if that's the cost of everything returning back to the way it should be, I, I'm sure he'll thank us. <laughs> all right. I'm going to step back, and I'm going to hide behind one of my shields. Yeah, you guys should definitely, like... Uh, move far away definitely out of like 10 or 20 feet uh yeah as far to the corner of the room as possible <laughs> i will go to the same corner as rook and say hey just like you said right yeah all yeah. right and i got two shields so i'll put one in front of skirmish <laughs> and i'm gonna cast lightning bolt at the mirror <laughs> okay uh. <laughs> <laughs> once everyone's out of the way Okay, you charge up your internal magical power and like channel it through the staff in what you hope mm -hmm. will end up as a mm -hmm. bolt of lightning. Once again, the mirror glows red. That crack you've already made glows blue. So two things happen. You do shoot out a bolt of lightning, which connects right slap bang in the middle onto that blue crack. But also out of that crack, a black gas seems to seep out of the mirror and fill the room which swirls around giving off all sorts of nasty vibes 
and then reforms in a vaguely humanoid shape in front of the mirror, which the crack is getting wider and wider, just incrementally. Well, I guess I'll go step up next to Stella, and uh, (laughs) I'm not really going to do anything, but I will at least be nearby for teammates' sake. (laughs) Definitely appreciated. So yeah, like once the bolt of lightning is, is, is cast, does the crack go all the way, or is it just slightly bigger? It's very, very, very slowly getting bigger as it like yeah. stretches from one end. But there's now like a black kind of shadowy figure standing in front of the mirror. And with a voice that appears from all around you and says, Be careful, mortals. You know not whose realm you are tampering with. Uh, are you the one who keeps on making the, the, the nice alcohol around here bad? It is mine. Eh, that's good enough for me. Should should we, should we like, and then I kind of like do the, like the hand and the fist thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I have no problem messing with things I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I would like to cast Sacred Flame. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this thing. All right, let's roll some initiative, shall we? Hey, hey. But I will uh, have Stella go first and then enter initiative order as per normal because she is casting. I got a 23 on initiative. I got a 10. I got 18 total and for Sacred Flame, oh yeah, it has to do a dexterity saving throw. How does a 17 grab you? That misses because my DC is 20. Ooh. Um... Yeah, my charisma score is plus six. Yeah, so it takes 24 points of radiant damage. As you cast Sacred Flame once again, the mirror lights up red and the crack glows blue. But once again, because it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger, this crack, you have about half of your spell is actual Sacred Flame. The other half is like necrotic nastiness. So it's all intermingled Mm. with each other. Interesting. So, like, um, her sacred flame, because it comes from her patron and lover, Maylorian, it's golden, because that's, like, her color. So it's, like, this beautiful golden, like, bright flame that's, like, has these moths radiating from it. And then, like, one half is, like, these golden moths. The other half is, like, um, like black smoky fire, kind of. That, and, and, like, the goth kind of moths. It looks really cool. <laughs> Next up, we'll start at the top of the initiative order then. we got Rook starting things off. Uh, so I would like to bait and switch, and I would like to swap places with Stello, and then I get to roll a dice, and you get some extra AC. Ooh. Um. So I ba- you you basically see Rook like put a shield around you, and slide you backwards a foot or two, and then I'll just kind of step in front. So you get to add until the start of my next turn, you have three extra AC. And then I guess I'll just bring my punching shield around and give it a whack and see what happens. I rolled a 20. Not natural. Okay. Nice. Does that hit? Yes, it does. I do six damage. You thrust your punching shield into this uh, shadowy mass and it does seem to connect with something, but it also seems Hmm. to dissipate slightly and reform once the shield is gone. Uh, Stella, you're up again. 
All right, cool. So like, I am extra mad that this that this guy um, messed with my horde, and he never messed with the dragon's for horde. So then, in as a bonus action, I am going to turn into a dragon. Like, I'm gonna assume my dragon form because it's, it's a feat that I have as a half dragon. So like, where Stella was, you see like her draconic features kind of like extend, and then she grows like new ones. Um, her, her clothes are just like you know they they just blend into her kind of. Um, and you see like a silver dragon, a very slender and like long kind of silver, silver dragon. And she's like, never mess with my horde. And then I'm going to try to bite this thing. That's just a 13. You snap your jaws over where this like shadowy creature was. Like it did with the shield, it dissipates around your jaws. So you end up snapping on thin air. I see. She's angry. Yes. And that's all, that's all I can do. Okay. Um, the mirror glows red, like purely red, no blue whatsoever. And the shadow monster reforms its own image into that of a dragon. Stella looks exactly as if it's mirroring your own form just in black smoke. Mm. So, skirmish... Yes. This now this smoke dragon is going to do what says on Stella's character sheet as a mind sliver. Oh my god. So please make me an intelligent saving throw. Oh my god. <laughs> so that intelligence save that you were asking for. <laughs> I got an eight. Okay. If if it's by DC then <laughs> definitely does not pass. Then let's do you some damage, shall we? Please take 27 psychic damage. <laughs> oh my god! No, no problem. I will remember that. Then it's going to look over at the tasty morsel that is Rook and bite its shadowy jaws down in your general direction. So, oh, um, that's an 8. To hit? To hit, I rolled very oh. low. Oh, okay, yeah, no, doesn't hit. So you managed to duck out of the way as these shadowy snappy jaws close in the... <laughs> area above your head okay and you feel like you've uh, dodged death for a second time today <laughs> a, a wistful look appears on my face <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only <laughs> so close <laughs> all right skirmish you're up okay so number one i would like to rage as a bonus action when i do that i get a wild search of magic because i'm path of wild magic and i rolled an eight which means i get uh to shoot a bolt of light out of my chest at the creature of my choice, which is going to be the Shadow Man. And then he, or she, or they, must succeed on a constitution saving throw. So go ahead and roll that. Okay, that will be a 16. Aha, you fail. It had to be an 18. So you get 1d6 radiant damage, which is a 3, and you're blinded oh. until my next turn. After that, I will attack you with my hammer, and I got a 21 to hit. Uh, yeah, that hits. Okay, roll for damage. That is a 24 damage. And then I get to attack again, and I'm going to do something I've not done before. I was blessed with the funniest joke in the world in my last session. So I'm about to tell you the funniest joke in the world. So what you need to do is make a wisdom saving throw. I rolled low. That's a 12. Ah, you failed. Uh, that was a... DC 18, so I need you to now roll a 1d4. Brave of you to assume I've got a d4 out. There it is. 
Uh, one. <laughs> okay, you are paralyzed for one round. So you're blinded and paralyzed. Having a good time. <laughs> and I think that's the end of my turn. Okay. With getting smashed in various areas by skirmish, the shadow dragon like reverts to its regular bland humanoid form and starts like trying to fight against the magic that's keeping it there. Well, this is my domain. You do not belong here. I own it. It's all mine. I meant to say, uh, the reason you're paralyzed is because you're laughing your arse off for a round <laughs> and you can't control it. Fine, we'll, we'll, we'll change it to... <laughs> cool, alright, just want to make sure... Uh... Yeah, I got it. I got it. <laughs> alright, back at the top of initiative. Uh, Rook, you're up. You've got quite an easy target. Curious, though, about what's going on with the mirror at this moment. With the mirror, the um, the crack is getting wider and wider. Stella, you're a resident magic-y sort. Um, could you <laughs> make me an arcana check while we're here? Arcana, okay. Uh, 11 plus 0 is 11. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> you, you've never been in this situation, but you've smashed a load of mirrors in your time. Uh-huh. Uh, you get the feeling that uh, when the crack reaches the edges, the mirror is going to smash. Hmm. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> it does. That does check out. Well, I'll just uh, stick with what works and I will do some attacks then. <laughs> well, hang on. Is it is attacking it a problem for the paralyzation? I believe you get advantage. Yeah. And, and if, if you're within five feet, it's a critical hit. Okay. I'll just regular old hit it then. So I got an 18. With advantage for my first attack for six damage. And then another 18 for nine damage for my second attack. Yeah, that's all I'll do for now. And I'll just make sure I'm still positioned in such a way that I'm in front of Stella. For defense purposes. Yes, for defense purposes. Shields up, blocking, etc. I don't think I have any bonus actions. Oh, wait. Yeah, I do. I have a cool one. Um, I'm going to use one of my superiority dices to direct an ally that I can see or hear to strike using its reaction. Does anyone want to attack it using their reaction? I could. Okay. And then you get to add a d10 to whatever your damage roll is. Oh my god, that's, this is amazing. It's basically Rook saying, hey, Stella, now would be a great time to hit it again. You should do that right now. <laughs> See, I, I'm gonna try to bite it with my with with my dragon jaws. So I, I get advantage, right? Good, because my first one was a natural one. The second one was a natural nineteen plus ten is twenty nine. Yes, nice. that definitely hits. And that would be a critical hit. So it does um because like my staff is like two handed, it does uh it does two d six because like um basically my bonus for my magic gets applied to my bite. So it does 17 points of damage. And also I have this thing where I can like add 16 points if I damage a creature with a bite or something. So extra 16 points of cold damage. So you clamp your jaws down on the smoky being and there's all sorts of like cold coming off your your teeth, nostrils and everything. And you kind of end mm-hmm. up almost like trapping it in your jaws. Like you've got a biscuit in your mouth. Mm-hmm. 
you're just holding it there, waiting to swallow. You can feel it kind of trying to push its way out, but it's currently paralyzed. Mm-hmm. I, j- I just bite down harder. Yeah, so you've, you've got it in your jaws at the moment. <laughs> I, I am, I am curious. Like, how does it taste? <laughs> it tastes like burnt rubber. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> which checks out. Yeah, okay, makes, makes sense. Um, but also looking at the mirror, you see the cracks start to widen a bit and you think it will only be mechanically maybe about one more round until the mirror shatters. All right, that was a good turn. Whose turn is it? It is the shadow creature's turn. Were there any provisos along with your paralysis? I just believe you're laughing for 1d4 rounds. Okay. So you're just laughing. Just, just, just laughing and... It's the funniest joke in the world. I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, so Stella, inside your mouth, you hear like just muffled laughing and a bit of... <laughs> Laughing, cursing. (laughs) Yeah, like that. And uh, maybe a small amount of smoke (laughs) just leaves your nostrils. A little bit of black smoke, but nothing corporeal. Stella, you've got a shadow monster in your mouth. What do you do with it? Uh, Well, some smoke (laughs) just came out of my nostrils, so of course I'm going to sneeze, but my sneeze is going to be a dragon breath. (laughs) So... I'm going to, um, and it's like an extra powerful one because I'm going to empower it a bit. So it's like a six, it's a 66 of cold damage uh, for just a total of 27 damage. Yeah, that's my action. Oh, wait, it has to do a con save. Uh, 23. That passes, so it just takes half of that. So half of 27, 14. Yeah, it takes that much damage, 13 points. And then I'm going to, oh yeah, I'm going to cast Binding Ice on it. So to do some more damage. So that is um, a certain number of D8s. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm using Quicken Spell to make it my bonus action. <laughs> For a total of <laughs> another 12 points of piercing damage. Oh yeah, also you got to make a con save. Uh, 18. 18. Oh, that fails because this is my sorcerer co- constitution. It's not my uh, dragon one. So yeah, that fails. So it takes the full 12 points of damage and it is bound. It is currently like restrained, essentially. It's speed of zero. <laughs> well, I mean, bear in mind it was currently paralyzed and also in your mouth. But, yep. but all right, what, what does this enormous dragon sneeze look like? <laughs> So like, um, so basically it's just like, uh, yeah, it's just a sneeze, but it's a really cold one. And then it just like crystallizes into this like crystalline blue, um, blue ice pattern that spans like 30 feet across the room (laughs) and he's trapped inside of it. It takes a whole action to get out of it. Okay. Well, I will go one further than that (laughs) and say that you rear back your head and catapult this like frozen, paralyzed, laughing shadow creature. The cold travels with it as it hits the mirror at the same time that the cracks reach the edge and it explodes in a magical wave of ice, glass, shadow and laughter. And the world around you seems to shimmer somewhat with uh, as magical waves like wash over you you will feel like you're almost turning inside out this is what this feels like but your your vision all kind of darkens just for a second but then when it comes back you look around yourselves and you are still in the cellar but the walls are not dripping anymore the 
the hornet's nests are no longer there. Stella, if you care to go and have a look, the casks are filled with the finest mead. Yeah, I'm still I'm still a dragon because I can I can be in this form for a minute, so oh. I just like kind of. So I kind of just like use my, my, like the hooks on the end of my wings to open the door and just like look in and I, and I sniff and it's just like, oh, yes. And, and then I turn back to my regular form and I'm just like, this taste, this, I have this horrible taste of burnt rubber in my mouth. I got, I got to wash it off with some brandy. And I just like drink a bunch of brandy. And standing in front of uh, the three of you is one large smashed mirror. Is it completely ruined? Can we still look through it into the, uh. Reflection world. No, the only reflection you get from the shards uh, still attached are of the room you're currently in. I would like to pick up a piece of glass just as a souvenir. And also I should mention, uh, Skirmish, the uh, tiger around your neck feels non-magical now. You've just got a taxidermic tiger head. Well, that's just weird. I'll go ahead and dump that. <laughs> I want to go peek out the, out the cellar door because we got here a weird way before. So I want to open the door and peek out and see if I can see any of our friends either. Where you seem to find yourself is back in the pantry, but this huh. time it is filled with wheels of cheese and empty like serving dishes and other things you keep in pantries besides cheese. Crackers, I guess. <laughs> well, I, I found the pantry, guys. It's not a hallway of sucking carpet anymore. Maybe we can go out this way and see, I don't know, and see. Yeah, between like between like swigs of brandy, Stella's just like, mm, we found the pantry. Great. <laughs> I'm gonna see if there's any jars of uh, jam. I feel like I w- would want to take some just jam with me as a souvenir. Oh yeah, sure, uh, of course. You've got uh, jars of uh, jam. You've got jars of honey. You've got jars of mayonnaise. You've got jars of pickled onions. You've got jars ooh. and jars and jars. Well, I'll take a little bit of pickled onions. That sounds wonderful. And then I'll. Uh, I'll head up, I guess, unless you guys want to do anything else. I'd like to try to find uh, Lenny and yeah. Gatsby. Yeah, me too. Well, funny you should say that because <laughs> as you climb out of the out of the cellar into the just the main pantry area, and then there is that door which leads back into the the kitchen dining room area, and you open the door and you see just sat there enjoying themselves is Gatsby and Larry just having a good time, um, <laughs> sipping wine with each other, laughing about. Something you can't really tell as you wander through the door covered in <laughs> all sorts. They look over at you and Gatsby says, Ah, that's where you got to. I was wondering. Gatsby, Lenny, good to see you. Uh, by the way, don't mind the mirror over there. It was like that when we, when we saw it. Well, I've heard of that one before. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it was it was looking okay, but I looked into it and it couldn't handle how good looking I am, and it just cracked. It's just like I never need to see another face again. I know that, so... that's that, that's when I came and looked in it. <laughs> oh right, right. I meant Stella. Well, I know who I'm likely to be leave on that one. <laughs> well, we had a bit of a a, a a moment in time. What what have you guys been? Have you just been hanging out and just eating? I uh, no, the- well, uh, if you remember, we ended up with the same world plane that you did. Um, but you you guys just like disappeared. I was tying my shoelaces and then suddenly you were gone. 
But um, it's okay. Uh, Larry and I, we teamed up and um, there's this weird blob monster in the, the toilets. Uh, we took care of that and um, Larry just like uh, took care of business down there and uh, we set up a shop in the kitchen. As it turns out, he's actually quite a good chef. Yeah, we just hung out, had a good time, waited till you turn back and oh, the world changed around us and well, here we are. Cool. By the way, his, his name's Lenny. Well, who? Or- <laughs> You know how these rich guys are, Stella, with yeah. their manners. I mean, Larry, and... Lenny, it's all the same to me. Like, I mean, they didn't correct me, did you? <laughs> and he pokes Lenny. Like, oh, I think he's fallen asleep. I go over to Lenny and I say, hey, Lenny, thank you for saving us from that plane of magical ickiness. I really appreciate it. And I, I kind of slap him on the back again. Um, would you mind just doing me a quick, for old time's sake, uh, strength, <laughs> strength check? Sure. Uh, that was a 20, Un, uh, modified 20. Yeah, um, Lenny goes careering into the wall. <laughs> uh, wakes up very, very startled and quite injured. That's... What? What? What sort of person does that? Uh, Just saying thank you. Um, And then I'm going to use healing light and give him 2d6 of healing, which is just like a five points of healing. (laughs) I I was just like, oh, I hope it doesn't do some weird necrotic effect. (laughs) Just putting that out there. You cast your magic and as intended, the golden light shines out and heals up Lenny's injured nose because he hit the wall nose first as we all know (laughs) as you do Um, and as that happens uh the clock you can hear from the the entrance all starts bonging again and skirmish you will have read in your guide to albion that clocks only bong at midnight and sunrise for no understandable reason right exactly for narrative purposes yeah (laughs) for narrative purposes Clocks only bong at midnight and sunrise. Can I pull out the orb slash ball that was me out of my bag? Yeah. What is that? What is that now? <laughs> I'm curious. That is now a, a swirling ball of energy. If I tap it on the table, does anything happen? You set off a hurricane in a far distant corner of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> But you're not to know that. Oh, all right. But does it does it bounce? I'm gonna bounce by up and down. <laughs> okay, a, a tidal wave gets set off in another t- part of the planet. Skirmish, do you want to do anything irresponsible with yours? I probably not. I'll just look at them and go. I guess nothing's happening. Yeah. So, well, what you gonna do? Just keep it in my bag for now. Well, as the sun rises over the cliffs of Kalkul, it's time to actually start the party. Oh, (laughs) of course. You've survived the night. Gatsby has more or less fulfilled his legal obligations. (laughs) And there is now a cellar full of actual booze to get stuck into. Yay. Hooray. A happy ending. And a happy ending (laughs) for all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> except for except for the natural disasters. Apart from the yeah. natural disasters, everyone's having 
a good time. <laughs> oh, man. I like to imagine that during the party, we just periodically roll the balls into each other and just, like, click them together, un- completely unaware of the chaos and we're then causing. then a volcano goes off somewhere, <laughs> yeah. I-, I, will, I will try to bite mine. <laughs> okay, well, that's an earthquake. <laughs> So I hope you enjoy this humanitarian crisis going forward. That'll be next year's season-long arc where you've just caused all these natural disasters. But speaking of good times, I hope you've had a good time listening to this episode. If you fancy dropping it as a review, we love to read them. And if you want, we can read them out on air if they're particularly nice otherwise you can go and listen to our entire back catalog you don't have to do it in any particular order and usually it's more fun if you just drop in on a random episode and see what chaos unfolds but for now though let's bid a swift sunrise to skirmish well i'm ready for the party thank you so much for inviting me and stella this ball is so fun to play with And Rook. I love these pickled onions. <laughs> well, we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. See ya. Bye. Oh, <laughs> Bye. Stocks for beginners. Our management score turned up for Twitter right before Elon Musk made the buyout offer. A clear pathway to profitability and cash flow positivity. If you have a strategy, you want to stick to it. Whether we like it or not, we're all investors in the stock market, either directly or through our retirement plans. We're handing over management of our assets to financial advisors and mutual funds. Well, where's all the customers' yachts? Where do you go if you're completely new but want to start learning? Many confusing metrics, aren't there? Many confusing. Man, so crazy. You'll hear from people in the finance industry and together we'll explain the key concepts of investing while they share their financial knowledge. We have to be smart, we have to be diversified, and we have to have good risk management strategies if we want to invest for the long term, and that's what we're all about. Join me if you want to learn more about investing, the stock market, and finance. Stocks for Beginners podcast. Let's learn together. The Brick Pit Podcast, the podcast you didn't know you didn't need. We talk about film theory, history, as well as television, genres, and a cavalcade of topics on our favorite medium. Like I've said before, you know, try watching uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show by yourself. <laughs> right. That's the perfect, perfect example. So, <laughs> like that's, there, that's a, that's a that's sad a, experience. What is a brick pit? Any minor detail in a film that breaks your suspension of disbelief, such as the bottomless pit in the movie 300. Who bricked it? The more wild the movie, the harder the brick pit hits. I'm glad that nerds don't have to go through that anymore, but I can't help that through my formative years, it was it was an unkind world for somebody like me. So <laughs> I'm a little salty. The Brick Pit, your premier podcast for uninformed opinion. Find us wherever podcasts are sold.